So welcome one and all to episode number 60 of the Megavision Show, the companion podcast to Megavision's magazine. Today is November the 22nd, 2020. I'm Graham, the production editor of Megavisions. And joining us this week, we have Scotty Moe, the managing editor of Megavisions. And no, he doesn't want no scrubs. He won't be chasing any waterfalls. Joining us this week is Antichrist. Whee! As I don't always. understand that reference. <laughs> don't want no scrubs. Uh, scrub and boy can get no love for me. Hang I on the passenger side. I'm his best friend's right. Trying to holler. All right, me. me. But what about the waterfalls? Don't go chasing waterfalls. That's not the same band, but... It, it, they're both TLC songs. Nope. One's Destiny's Child, sir. Oh, no! I've got that wrong! Oh, what a twist! Oh, <laughs> oh well, uh, that's me mixing up my musical band lyric people. I don't clearly, I don't listen to either. But terrible. Maybe I should start this whole show again. I'm not sure. Or no, just, no, 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 no. We're, we're committed. We're moving on. So yes, as always, we've got a great show for you. We'll be answering some of your burning questions. We'll have our picks of the week, where we'll be chatting more yakuza. Scotty talks about a documentary, and I'll be talking about a true story. And to celebrate the Saturn's 26th anniversary in Japan, we'll be looking back on some Saturn memories. So join us as we skip merrily through the grassy meadow that is this week's Megavision show. But before we get to the good stuff, Scotty is wearing a most excellent shirt or T-shirt. Please, Scotty, give us a spin. Or just shows the t-shirt. Uh, spin. <laughs> There's nothing <laughs> on the back. It's just the, <laughs> the, uh, it's right for me, baby. There, so okay, for the, you get to see any, the back of my chair, I guess. Yeah. Any audio listeners? So I'm so jammed in between my futon and the desk, I can't even spin around. <laughs> nice. <laughs> for any audio listeners, uh, Scotty anyway. is wearing a bright yellow Sega Saturn t-shirt with the, uh, the Japanese Saturn logo on it, and I thought, brilliant. I assume it is for the 26th anniversary. Is that correct, Scotty? Yeah, Excellent. yeah, yeah, Perfect. yeah. He's nodding. Um, but yeah, uh, aside from your awesome T-shirt, uh, let's take a moment uh, to look ourselves in the mirror as we discuss our week. So, Antichrist, welcome back to the show. How have you been? You. And tell us about yourself, or tell us about your week here, Max. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I mean, like, y'all should know who I am by this time. I mean, I was on the <laughs> podcast previously. I've been working with y'all for almost a year, so mm-hmm. we should be we should be good on that. I have been playing a lot of fighting games lately. Uh, I've kind of like started uh, hanging out with this one community, uh, and I don't even know how to like describe the community itself because it's just like a lot of like independent streamers that work with each other and collaborate with each other a lot, okay. and I've kind of just been like thrown in there. And so far, for the last two or three weeks, every single weekend, I've been up until five o'clock in the morning playing some sort of fucking fighting game uh, online. So it's been it's been great. I've I've been loving it, but I'm (laughs) very, very sleep deprived. Um, Outside of that, uh, I did a review for Bubble Bobble for Friends. The Baron is back. Uh, Spoiler alert. That game is bad. <laughs> Wait, is that actually the title? The Baron is back. The Baron is back. Wow. Yeah. So it it's Bubble Bobble. So Taito decided yeah. to come back to the console game uh, after their 2010 release, I believe, on the 360 arcade. And yeah, it was on there. 
And because after that, they were just making like phone games. So like they had some bubble bobble dance game that they had there. And then they had a legit bubble bobble adventure for iOS and Android. And now last year, they came out with bubble bobble for friends on the Switch. They ported it over to the PS4 and added a new mode called the Baron is back. Um, what the fuck? Look, if it's, it's essentially bubble bobble with a new skin with like a new like kind of like a facelift but like all of the problems that the series was having as it was evolving from their 1986 release to the late 1990s and where they essentially just became fucking shovelware is existent in the actual game the only new interesting thing is the mode call the baron is back where it is 100 levels that you have to play straight through um if you lose, you go all the way back to the first stage. Now, you can play this with up to four friends, but you all share one pot of lives. So if you lose lives in this mode, it doesn't matter if you score a, a high score. There are no extra life thresholds. So you start off with nine lives, you end with nine lives. And it's a lot more, it's a lot more difficult. The stages are a bit more claustrophobic. There is invulnerable enemies. Um, but it's you played one, you played them all. So yeah. in my review, I just said, look, if you if you want to play a bubble bobble, just wait for the game to come out on the Nintendo Switch online shop and just play it on there for free mm. or with your subscription. Otherwise, like it's not worth like if this was a twenty dollar game, I would be changing my tune. But they're expecting forty dollars for it, and there's no online Whoa. play. It's just fucking leaderboards, and it's it's a very bare bones game for what I can compare other forty dollars games to. So just wow. skip it. Wasn't the one on three sixty online? Didn't it have online multiplayer? I think it did. I remember it was four player. And it was I... like ten or fifteen bucks. That was like super cheap. Yeah. Mm, boy but anyway yes skip skip that uh i picked up kabuki warriors kabuki warriors is a xbox original xbox fighting game where uh all the characters that you play as are kabuki actors and they act out the fights on stage it sounds interesting it's super jank like i can literally beat the game by smashing the controller on my ass i've done it before (laughs) i'm going to do it again on stream that's a kabuki uh, dance, of course. Exactly, the kabuki dance. Um, yeah. I I got it for the for the meme. And that's the only reason why I picked the game up. I just want to have some stupid fucking fun and get mad at something on camera. Uh, and then finally, I picked up Hyrule Warriors: Age of Calamity. I know that this is uh, a Nintendo game, and everyone, yeah, yeah. Um, eh. But like, I'm a huge Zelda fan. Uh, I have been looking forward to this game since it was announced. It is not what I thought it was going to be. Without spoiling too much, um, if you played Breath of the Wild, you know that there in the prequel a hundred or a hundred years ago, there was a huge war that broke out, and then Hyrule lost, which sets the storyline for Breath of the Wild. Mm -hmm. Age of Calamity is supposed to or set itself up as the prequel, so the events that led to that happening, but that's not necessarily the case. Because Uh, you can't have a sad ending. You can't have an unhappy ending in a fucking Nintendo video game. So (laughs) they have it set up where 
the events that take place in Age of Calamity is an alternate universe. Oh. And what I think is going to end up happening is that they're going to be like, oh, this version of Link and Zelda saved the world by beating Calamity again. And I'm just like, that's a fucking cop out. You bitches. Yeah, that's dumb. Yeah, that's but so cool. Man. It's a good game. As far as uh, Dynasty Warriors games are concerned, it's very, very good. Uh, I In the other Hyrule Warriors and also in other Dynasty Warrior games in general, um, I usually find the one Unga Bunga character where they just rush down and beat everybody up. And I stick with that character in this game. Every single character that I've played so far has been so, it is so like in depth and detailed out and has a very interesting move set to just play around with that. Okay. I'm just like, Link, you need to go, you need to go sit down. Impa, Impa could like summon like eight or nine copies of herself and do massive amounts of damage. Zelda has, like, the, the Sheikah Slate, and she's able to... Like, everyone has access to the abilities that you had in the Breath of the Wild from the get-go with the Sheikah Slate, but everyone uses them differently. Okay. And Zelda is very centric on the use of the Sheikah Slate, and it's so fucking cool. Um, so, I... Regardless of what I had to say, um, it's, it's very anime-style... As far as the story is concerned, so if that like is a pause, a plus or a minus for you, I'm not big on uh, anime tropes, but they're there and I tolerate them because the game is just that good. So definitely, I, if you're a Zelda fan, go check that out. I, I need to ask because I actually have a huge black hole in my knowledge around Hyrule Warriors and Dynasty Warrior games. Like I know they exist mm -hmm. and I've seen some screenshots. I have no idea what kind of game they are. Are they strategy games? Or are they action games? Or what do you? How do you play them? The best way that I can describe them is, especially when you get into the harder difficulties, because normal and easy are fairly easy. Uh, normal might get a little bit difficult towards the later stages. It's essentially a hack and slash where you are a demigod, and you have all these foot soldiers around you, and you just swing your sword and kill everybody in like one to two <laughs> hits. Okay. It is like one of the biggest power trips that you can experience yeah. because you are okay. just so strong and powerful. And, and it's all and in real got, time, is it? Like it's it's, it's all in real time. So okay. you yeah. and your units will <clears throat> your units might follow you, uh, but they usually don't. But like you and your units go to battle with these other units, and when you're fighting the foot soldiers, they just die. You just swing and they fucking die. And then you'll see other officers and generals on the opposing side, and that's where the real battle takes place because it's uh. you against these enemies, and you have to figure out what strategies are um, the most effective against them. And with Hyrule Warriors in particular, uh, each of the enemies will do a certain action that is exploitable with one of the options on the Sheikah Slate. So if I have an enemy that's charging at me, if I use Cryogenesis or the Cryosis uh, ability, it'll summon an Ice Pillar that will launch the enemy up in the air, and it, every single hit that I get on them is now a critical strike. And when you get enough wow. critical strikes on them, you can do the weak point attack and pretty much do either half or more damage to them. So okay. it's... It's a very fun, fast-paced game, but there is a strategy element because while you're doing your things, your units are also fighting off other enemies on the map, and you have to pause the game, tell your units, tell your generals where you want them to go, whether you want to move them to the northern part or the southern part, defend certain uh, strongholds and bases. Uh, it's, it's very... 
when it's well done, it's very frantic because you'll hear other generals saying, hey, we need assistance over in this area. And sometimes you are just way too fucking far. And what Hyrule Warriors does or Hyrule Warriors Age of Calamity does, which I don't remember, and I'm pretty sure they do, but I don't remember if they do this in other games, is that I can now switch between my generals. So I can be playing as Impa and defending the southern stronghold and then i'll have link all the way up to the north who's uh advancing an attack on one of the main boss characters once i stave off the attack to the southern base i can then hit up on my d-pad and switch over to link to go right back into the fight against the uh the officers that i'm trying to kill cool I, so yeah, yeah I mean, these these games always interested me, but I I sort of seen some videos and never really understood what was happening. I was like, is this a strategy game or what's what's happening? So that sounds really cool. That sounds really cool. If you're trying to get into the Dynasty Warriors like franchise, I can't really like throw a dart or not necessarily throw a dart. But I can't really pinpoint you t- to a direction where to go. Uh, both Hyrule Warrior games are very very good. But they've done other crossovers. They've done Fire Emblem. They've done Berserk and the Band of the Hawk. Um, oh, they've done cool. Gundam. Yeah. But the Berserk game is not good. Oh, That's what the unfortunate thing. The Berserk game <laughs> is not great. Uh, if you're a Gundam fan for the PS3, uh, Dynasty Warriors, Gundam 3, Gundam 2, and Gundam 3, both are very good games. Okay. Even Dynasty Warriors Vanilla and Dynasty Warriors Extreme are pretty decent. So you can definitely go check those out. Okay, cool. No, pro tip. I like it. Nice. Yeah, nice. Those, those that series has always just not mattered outside of the outside of Japan. Essentially, my buddy mm-hmm. Anthony was a fan of them, or he is, he is a fan of them. He's like, and his opinion is, oh, a new Dynasty Warriors game. Cool. Well, I know it's going to tank, so I'll wait for it to release, and then in a couple weeks it'll drop twenty dollars because no one's going to buy it, and then I'll enjoy it. You know. <laughs> That that's that was pre Hyrule Warriors though. Exactly. Once Hyrule yeah. Warriors came out, everyone started paying attention in the West and were just like, oh wait, it's Zelda. And then they started releasing like other um other like non-Dynasty Warrior franchises in there. So like yeah. when Berserk came out, Berserk was like 60 bucks for almost six months. And then it just recently dropped down to a, a wild 35. But it's it's I not not great <laughs> yeah i was gonna say i i think well yeah because i i mean i only it was only in my um like in my net in my whatever in my atmosphere because of working at gamestop but the only one that i ever that caught my eye was gundam i i've i've played them before just because i've had access to them but like it and then when i saw that there was a gundam game i like looked up and it's just like holy crap basically shonen jump if you're yeah. in that, you have a Dynasty Warriors game. Yeah. Um, and, uh, but, but I remember Hyrule Warriors was a big deal because I think that was the first major crossover with Nintendo that didn't involve, like, that wasn't a cell phone game or something. Like, I feel like that was the first, like, holy crap, something's using a Nintendo license that isn't Nintendo. Yeah, so, it was, it was a really big deal when it came out. Um, so- Sonic at the Olympic, Marion Sonic at the Olympics. Probably the biggest crossover ever. No, 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 no don't even know. I, that. I, okay. No, no, no. That's, it's it's see, not the same thing because, like, no. everyone kind of expected it when it was Mario and Sonic because those are yeah. one after the the public beating that that Sega got after the fall of the Dreamcast. Everyone was saying like, "Oh, Nintendo's going to take up the Sonic IP and shit like that." And then when that crossover finally did happen, they were like, "Oh, 
cool. It's an Olympics game. Yeah, um, okay, that, that's, that's a fair that's right. <laughs> but then when but, Koei Tecmo turned around and got the Zelda IP, which is one of the most protected IPs that Nintendo has, and they were just like, yeah, we're going to make a Musta game out of this. And we were just like, oh, shit. Yeah, I think... <laughs> I think, I think it came out um, to be good. The, I think your train of thought, Graham, it's kind of the opposite of what we're trying to portray. Because when Mario and Sonic happened, that was... Nintendo allowing Sega to enter their consoles more so than Sonic already was on there and stuff. Mm-hmm. Whereas this is Nintendo allowing someone else to use their IP. Right. And like okay. Nintendo is like the traditionalist company that, you know, like it was a big deal when Mario showed up on an official Mario game on a cell phone kind of thing. Mm-hmm. Like right. that, that, so that it's, it's, does that make sense that it's kind of the opposite allowing of the, um, properties because uh, Sonic was already on Nintendo consoles before the Mario and the Sonic games because we had the Secret yes. Rings, we had Adventure on the GameCube. So, but then when Mario and Sonic crossed over, that was a big deal. I'm not trying to say that that wasn't a big deal, but I'm saying that was Nintendo allowing someone else to come into their universe. This is Nintendo allowing someone well, else to finagle their universe. Because Se- Sega was the company that actually made the Mario and Sonic games, so there was Nintendo giving Sega the rights to use their characters, basically. I mean, it's fully mm-hmm. licensed by both of them, but it was Nintendo saying, yep, Sega, we're going to trust you to make this game using our IP. So, yeah, um, I, I, I do. I, I kind of get what you're talking about, though. Um, but, yeah. I just feel like what it comes down to is that in some people's minds still, um, there is still like some sort of level that both Nintendo and Sega sit on, maybe not necessarily on equal standing, but they're still relatively close. Koei Tecmo is so far away from what Nintendo represents. I mean, Koei Tecmo is dead or alive. Koei Tecmo right. is the yeah. Fantasy Warriors games. Where okay. Sonic or Sega has like family friendly IPs. Koei Tecmo is just not that. Right. I mean, Koei Tecmo is the jiggle fix. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And that's also, that's a, that kind of lends to why my, my brain exploded when they announced a high, uh, Zelda related, um, crypt of the necro dancer thing. Because oh yeah. That was, that was crazy for an indie developer to get their hands for an on an indie Zelda. developer. Yeah. I have no so. idea what to talk about now. So, Okay. Well, this might put it into a, a little more. Uh, Graham, <laughs> God damn it! <laughs> no, you got to so, do it. You got to do it. Um. So there, Crypt of the Necro Dancer is a rhythm-based uh, uh, dungeon crawler or rogue light, light, like or light. I don't know. I was introduced to this game at PAX East one year using a DDR pad to play. A what looked like a top-down Zelda game. So I was like, dude, I'm all in. I will get a DDR pad for this. This is absurd. And yeah, yeah, yeah. Fast forward, and it's just a good game where you do, obviously, good soundtrack, um, where you are... It is a dungeon-crawling game, but you have to use... But it's a dungeon-crawling rhythmic game. And then right. it came out recently that there was a Zelda-related um, add-on to it, and everybody was like, whoa, What? Not only are like they allowing someone to use Zelda, but they're allowing someone to use Zelda music. Like, and not only that, but it's a, an indie company. So mm-hmm. it was just wow. I mean, I'm not gonna. I don't mean to speak ill of um, who who was it that passed in Nintendo that was high up. Uh, Satoru Iwata. Yeah, I don't mean to speak ill, but once he passed away, Nintendo had a lot of other deals with a lot of other companies, and they were doing stuff on cell phones. So. 
I the won't necessarily atmosphere kind of went away a little bit. I won't necessarily like you're right, <clears throat> but I won't necessarily say that that was anything against what Satoru Iwata was doing when uh, when they brought on Kimishimi um, and I'm fucking up his name the president bef- uh, the the president before the one that they currently have right now he was just all about yo I'm from the administrative business department I'm here to do business and I'm like we're doing all these things like the old way fuck this we're bring bayonetta on go bring go go sell mario put him on a fucking cell phone yeah people bought that dumb game for 8 bucks or whatever it was 10 bucks I did it's good. I don't care. It's good. It's a good <laughs> game. I <don't>, fuck you. <laughs> so, yeah. Welcome to our Sega podcast. <laughs> uh, and with that, Scotty, what, what's been going on with you? Any sega kind of Sonic-y related things going on? All the time. Um, there was a, a No Thursday Night Throwdown this past week, so I took over and learned that it was Sonic R's 23rd anniversary, so I was like, uh, like, I need an excuse to play this game. So I booted up Sonic R on my Saturn, streamed that for a little bit. It was a short stream, because um, I had uh, I had Pro Strat player TJ in there and some other people telling me how to go about going through, and, and I, 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 I 100%ed it on stream oh, wow. again. Um, it's nice. not... That's a that's like a twenty minute game. So if you want to get everything in it, you know that's a whole I, hour. And a I half remember maybe. that game taking me weeks to get like a hundred percent. Like back in the day, like that that was a game that lasted me a long time. Like maybe, Pro, yeah. Well, the maps are not too friendly, even with them being displayed like on your screen to find <laughs> all the coins and stuff. Yeah, um, I, I, just, I remember just spending hours, like literally hours, like going through that with my mate, like trying to find different things and ha- having a great time. To be honest. Uh, yeah, I unironically enjoy Sonic R. Uh, we've we've streamed it before. We did a four player stream. Uh, I'm fairly certain you were on for that, Chris. Was that right? I uh, for the Sonic R. I was there for the Sonic R. When we streamed like four player, it was uh, Corey was hosting mainly, and I think TJ had connection issues. He wasn't able to play. Did you not join I, for that? I don't think I was there for the Sonic R. Okay. Game. Um, I hope Corey has it saved because we'll have maybe we'll have to bring that up again uh, and load that on YouTube or something. We did oh, do yeah. a four player forever ago, which was fun because it was the the version I played was Saturn. It got released on PC, which had four player split screen for some reason. Good old Windows ninety five. Everybody's doing that, right? Uh, and then uh, that version was put on the GameCube. I have my um, PC version. We, here. What the disgusting. fuck kind of case is that? That's this disgusting. Is... <laughs> so, so. Oh my god! Explosive. It's it's like a um, which way? Yeah, it's a. I guess <laughs> stupid. it's kind of like is explosive like the name of a game store? Is no, that a generic no, box that, that they just slap the fucking cover on? <laughs> Certain PC games, like maybe when they sort of after they were released after a few years back in the day, a company like Explosive and there's some other cheap companies out there would pick up the rights to keep publishing them. I guess so. Yeah, I think Sega did a lot of them. I've got another. So yeah, they're just I've got, kind of I've like a localization company, right? Well. That's so, ugly as bad. I don't think they actually look any... like. <laughs> I'm sorry. I would be embarrassed to own those. I would throw the case out and put it in a jewel case, just generic <laughs> jewel case. It really but, looks like that's something that like Blockbuster or GameStop would create to make you think that game is in there. I don't know. It's just <laughs> I've seen yeah. better covers for adult film videos. <laughs> uh, 
Uh, I, I, for the audio listeners, do you want to explain what you're looking at right now? Uh... I guess. Like, okay, so it's the actual box art, but about, but that's about, but then it's like condensed into a frame of like red coloring about an inch around it. And then sideways, this is so 90s. On the left, it says explosive, but it's spelled X-P-L-O-S-I-V. So fuck, not not fuck vowels, just fuck the letter E. <laughs> but, <laughs> you know, it's that extreme attitude. And it is it like flames around it? Or is it, a, what is that red exactly? It looks like it's trying to be a fireball. I don't know. Uh... It looks like the background cover to a bad, like, uh, what, what was that band that Chris Cornell was in? One of, one of those bad grungy yeah, I, uh, albums. It almost looks like a really blurry top-down view of the old Command and Conquer games, but like with a red filter. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. Like yeah, it's yeah, yeah. Really, like it. So it looks Soundgarden, really low res. It's hard to explain, but when you look at it closely, but yeah. But it's um, in a case that is a DVD case. It's not a big yeah. box PC or even like a medium box PC game. It looks like a DVD case, yes. which I think is to me why it looks like like a GameStop or so, even when Best Buy is doing their pre-owned games, like their this, made this, box art. This is another release by this is so this is another computer, not Sega game, but you Trespasser. have fucking Trespasser. Do I? Of course, this is- of course. <laughs> Of course, Graham, of one all of my finest is the other RP, person who's uh, one of the finest first person game, shooter games ever made. Um, <laughs> <laughs> but this is by another company called Collector. So, yeah, again, they, they took the publishing they rights. They spelled their name right. Game. Yeah. Collector, does, full stop. Does the UK not have like real publishing or logistic course, deals or all just localization? <laughs> This is like you know how like uh, um, Sam's Club has like three sixty five, okay. or and Walmart has like their whatever their brand of food is. This looks like right. the Walmart <laughs> brand. Of okay, games. so this is a great value <laughs> video game. Yeah. <laughs> you, you remember you remember that the fantastic PC game Deus Ex. Um, yeah, yeah. Do you remember the sold out edition. What? Is that <laughs> Graham, stop showing me things. <laughs> We're but, selling the sold-out edition. That doesn't make sense. Um, you know, Graham, actually, you've inspired me. I'm going to start collecting UK-exclusive, like, bad adult film-rejected covers. I, I have to admit, you don't see these as much anymore. I did seem to be a very, like... Yeah, I wonder why. <laughs> 90s, early 2000s things. Like, uh, so, like, I've got Crisis, which is, like, the full game, normal box and stuff, so... Uh, yeah, it just seems certain companies, yeah, and they were like the cheap version, like once they've done their first run. Wait a second, this... in the UK, do they still sell PC games on disc and in box? I think a handful of games, not that many. Do you guys games. not have Steam? <laughs> <laughs> I mean, they're closer to Steampunk than we are. Um, oh, dear. That, oh, I dear. Thought, Steve, what I thought you were showing us at first, <clears throat> and which is why I wasn't entirely thrown off by that box art at first, was Sega did for a, a, a like almost two generations worth of just PC releases, but it would be like collections of things. So you'd see like for no reason Virtua Cop, Virtua Fighter, just because they're both Virtua, or you'd see like you know all the Sonics or Panzer Dragoons on PC and stuff. Yeah. So I thought that's what you were showing us. That no, that is yeah, great value. PC games, <laughs> beautiful. Uh, I love it. Yep. So then, what the hell? So even Scotty, I play sorry. Sonic R. <laughs> <laughs> oh man. Now, I, I guess uh, closing on Sonic R. Just like I did enjoy that game as a kid because that was the first full 3D Sonic experience. Because Sonic 3D Blast was not that. You had 
I, I don't remember if Sonic Jam came out before Sonic R or not. Actually, I could just uh, turn around and look because mm. I'm cool and I have these here. Um, maybe I could. Let's see here. 97. Oh, I both say 97. I don't know. Okay. I have all I, my Saturn I, boxes because I'm doing a video to, later today. I've got a legitimate question. That Sonic Jam that you got there, uh, I had the Japanese version. And for oh, some reason... So much cooler. Yeah, it's super dope. Uh, the Japanese version, I I played all the way through, I want to say, Ice Cap. And then for some reason, I beat Ice Cap, and it skips immediately to Sandopolis Zone. Interesting. That's wrong. No, yeah. weird. I've like, never heard of that. For some fucking reason, it just, it, fuck this game. Fuck half the game. Just, just go. Yeah. You're doing well enough. We'll skip you ahead. <laughs> yeah, but then I can't get the Super Emeralds, and I'm just like, I only know where oh, they are yeah. at Mushroom Hill, so I'm just like, fuck this shit. That's anyway. so weird. Um, yeah, and, and shout out to the old Sonic Jam art in America. It says four Sonic classics on one jamming CD. Mm. Um, I no, don't I have miss those the 90s. Uh, uh, I sure do. But... No, I'm I'm, thr- I'm I'm I was asked to be part of a video talking about Sega consoles, and I'm going to be talking about the Saturn fittingly. I'll do that oh, later nice. today. So I have like a bunch of my cases sitting next to me. I don't just always have them ready, despite them being right behind me as well. Is that the Doctor Scott video? Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. I'm doing the Sega Genesis portion. Nice, 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 nice. nice. Um, no, I was just going to say Sonic R was like the first like legit Sonic 3D game you could explore. So. Maybe that's why they made it so cumbersome to find the coins and stuff and the emeralds in those tracks. Um, but it, it it was just fun playing that. Had some new people coming in yeah. and checking us out, and, and uh, we ended up raiding game tracks, and that was a good time. Got raided by Virtua Cosima, who's good people as well. Um, so that was fun. And then, uh, like otherwise, I haven't been playing too much, except I, I put up the Poyo Poyo Tetris 2 preview. Mm-hmm. Um, that game is a puzzle game. And it is a good game, but it is reminding me how hard it is to write a review on a puzzle game. <laughs> like, <laughs> if you, especially a sequel, because I can only imagine how people tried to review, like, a new Tetris game now and stuff like that. But um, it is, I'm learning, I'm learning stuff about the Poyo universe. Uh, and I didn't realize that that series is essentially as old as Tetris. Because when I was, like, looking up stuff for, like... It it has a story mode. There's been Poyo RPGs. I I won't get too much into this, because you guys can read my preview, and the review will be out next month. Um, That's another thing. I have the game, like, a full month ahead of time, so... Must be nice. I got Bubble Bobble a full three days before release. Mm. Nice. It's great. Nice, nice. Oh, just to Um, be clear, Anti-Chris's Bubble Bobble review is available available to read on megavisions.com. Oh, yeah. Megavisionsmag.com, to be precise. So, yeah, check it out if you want to hear how terrible it is, apparently. Plug, plug, plug. And Scotty's Um, Puyo Puyo Tetris. Continue, please. Yeah, that's up now as well. Uh, But that uh, the preview, anyway, um, because the game's not out yet. The embargo for the game... The full game is not out yet, but like I was like, man, what am I going to do? Because there's story stuff I cannot talk about. And so I like look up real quick, just like I hop on Twitter and I see the fan base like ready for this story, ready for these characters to shine. And I'm just like, oh, man, I don't I don't want to be a part of another fan base that I need to I need to keep my distance from some fan bases. 
I, I'm, I'm a firm believer that you need to enjoy what you need to enjoy. Do not let the fan base destroy stuff for you, but it's so easy to fall into that. So I'm just immediately, I immediately backed out. I'm like, I'm just going to play this game and write about it. I don't need to know more about no, these bro, characters. I'm scared it. now. Embrace <laughs> it. Look, embrace it. Look up the rule 34 on it. Just, just no, I'm sure in. I'll accidentally find that. I, <laughs> dude, it's like, you know, you you know, five degrees to Kevin Bacon. You search, you do any image search, and you're gonna come up with within like 25 images of either Sonic the Hedgehog or My Little Pony. Still, so <laughs> I don't need to go that far to probably find this for Poyo Poyo. <laughs> um, um, yeah, I don't know. I, I, no, but I, I enjoy that game. Like I, I like puzzle games. I suck at the Poyo aspect, but uh, I I do want to play more of that. I plan on streaming it in the future. Um, I have it on Switch. Uh, and I'm gonna try to figure some stuff out to stream it in the future, because I want to... I don't want to ask other people to buy it, but I'm so bad at the Poyo half, but I'm... I can hold my own in Tetris, but I'm so bad at the Poyo half that it's, like, not even entertaining if I'm streaming with randos online, and just, like, in 30 seconds of the match, my screen is empty, and we're basically watching everyone else play, (laughs) you know, (laughs) that I don't know, that I'm not talking to or anything, so... um, but it's still a fun game. Uh, and they've added stuff to that that makes it more RPG-like, which is intense, but not game-breaking. Um, it's hard to explain that without going into too much detail and like just making this a Poyo discussion. Um, but, uh, but that's that game. Um, and then I actually, for the first time ever yesterday, uh, performed playing guitar on Facebook. Uh, I've been learning stuff uh and i i'm a drummer i should tell people who maybe don't know this yet like i've played in a band for years i'm not in a band right now but you know drums by trade and lessons and stuff and and uh with quarantine i've played more guitar picked up more guitar rachel got her acoustic uh from her parents house and i've been playing that more and i finally was like in the back of my head i have enough music friends and stuff in different groups and doing different stuff that i could probably at will just like gather enough people to have a full group play on a stage but that doesn't happen right now and i was kind of just like i need to just i need to just see if this works i need to just give it a shot so played a couple covers uh played an original and um it was nerve-wracking and i was and i was very anxious but it was fun um and uh it was a good time it was cool it's it's only available to my friends so i don't know i wanted to talk about it anyway but not most of the people listening to this won't be able to ever watch it, I guess, <laughs> but, unless I get the courage to make it public. Um, but it was cool. But, in OBS. Yeah, but it it just it's very fitting that that's how I finally make a debut performance on guitar. That it's through a Facebook live stream rather than a band. <laughs> but but it, to that regard, like streaming games and stuff actually made me a little bit more comfortable with it. Um, but then also in the same regard, like more people were in the chat and stuff, like when I was done pretty much. So I'm just like talking to people at the end, you know, uh, maybe I'll do more of that stuff, but, um, it's, uh, I think you guys are both friends with me on Facebook, so you can probably watch it. Um, it was, uh, it was fun. It was like I said, yeah, 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 yeah. So I will say too, if I will say too, that none of the covers will surprise anyone that knows me. <laughs> so, it, I don't want to make it a big cover secret. There? No, there I don't know why I'm making a big there? secret. I played uh, Everything is Awesome, the Lego theme song. Uh, then I did an original. 
Then I did a, a Wine and Spirit was my old band. I covered my favorite song of ours back in the day. Um, it's every, I would always describe it as everyone and everyone's mom's favorite song because it's a very like upbeat, fun, you can clap to it. It's called Sweet Mackenzie. Um, then I did blink One Eight Two song, What Went Wrong. And then I ended with um, Less Than Jake, who is a ska band, but it's not a ska song. Uh, the song is The Brightest Ball Was Burned Out, Screws Fall In, Screws Fall Out. Um, yeah, but it was it was a good time. It was fun. Um, and then I am probably going today to pick up some issues of Sega Visions Ooh. because Warp Zone, someone traded in a couple and I claimed them. So I'm either swinging in there today, maybe Black Friday. I don't know. nice yeah so i guess i've been busier than i thought fantastic oh good to hear and just before we continue i just want to highlight something both uh the waterfall song and no scrubs are tlc (laughs) songs they're both i googled it they're both tlc songs i had to google it It it's like type in no scrubs tlc don't go chasing waterfalls tlc Okay, but here's here's my original thing. Like, I get I don't want no scrubs because scrub verse 100% get it. What the fuck does the waterfall have to do with? <laughs> what doesn't it? <laughs> okay, okay, that's, just, that's fine. Just both TLC I'm songs. Following. I just thought, I, I just really trying to thought, man. I had, I had, I'm yeah, there. I, I'm there I, I thought something and I went with it. That's what it was. <laughs> don't, you don't need to You're think right. about the intro. Thing. <laughs> fuck, I really thought that was Destiny's Child. Wow. Is one yeah. member of TLC in Destiny's Child? Or I know they oh, somebody split off. Or did. I thought they all looked like Beyonce. <laughs> right. <okay. laughs> I'm not. Uh, you can say that. I'm not saying a thing. So. <laughs> I thought it's all Beyonce. Oops, all Beyonce? Is that what that whole genre is now? Beyonce. <laughs> I don't listen to pop. But like I, uh, especially like 90s pop. Or 2000s. I, a lot of those like one hit wonders blend together oh, uh, so much. And that's what I'm saying. Like the biggest, the biggest star to come out of like either TLC or Destiny's Child, because I don't know who's who, is Beyonce. Right. And then Lisa Left Eye okay, Lopez. Cool. She's a person. But she died in 2003. Crazy. Oh, yeah. I remember oh, man. That. Yeah, that was sad. Crazy, that's... sexy, cool. And apparently TLC is classed as an American hip hop group. So. Yeah. Okay, be, yeah, sure. I would have put them down as pop as well. So <laughs> it's it's popular. That's that's what it was. Look, I wasn't watching fucking uh what was that MTV show uh with Carson MTV. Daly? I, I, the, oh TRL. TRL. I wasn't watching that. I was waiting Dude. for Headbangers Ball to came on. <laughs> oh, TRL. I lived and died by TRL. It was so stupid. Really? And so so bad. But I mean that was like aside from my group of friends, like that's how I learned of music. And it's I'm I'm no shame. I can't. I'm not going to dance around that. So it's just different times entirely. Freaking. I guess that was like wow. when everyone would gather around after school and just watch TRL. And I'm just like, yeah, it was yeah, like, I don't like. It this. was like the after school cartoon for high schoolers. Yeah. <laughs> like, yeah. Uh, man. I mean, I can't. I can't say much. I just recently figured out that Taylor Swift started out as a country artist. So whatever. Oh, wow. Oh, didn't you know that? Yeah, I, no, I didn't Wait. know that. God damn it, people. Oh, wow. That's crazy. I didn't know. I'll give you, I'll give you another Taylor Swift facts. Um, if, hopefully this is right. I'm going to say something. It's probably going to be wrong. Um, what do they grow on her parents' farm? Potatoes. Some of that sweet dank. <laughs> Christmas trees. 
All right. She okay, is a apparently. Hallmark movie. Yeah. <laughs> if you type in Taylor Swift Christmas, like the first thing that comes up is Taylor Swift Christmas Tree Farm. Uh, yeah, apparently. Oh, I thought she had parents... a Christmas album. No, no, she has a she Christmas probably, Tree does. Farm in. She has to. In Pennsylvania. Wow. Oh, man. Oh, she's right yeah. around the corner from you, Scotty. Yeah, yeah, yeah Reading all the time. What? What? Yeah, what's that's how why I'm learning why are missing? Why are missing? Is that a place? I'm huh? trying to pronounce it. It says why are missing, Pennsylvania near Reading. I don't know. How do you what? I'll look it up on my W-Y-O phone. W Y O missing. Right, okay. Anyway, in, uh, Taylor like Swift Wyoming, Christmas. Christmas tree farm. Oh nope, that came up with the album. That's entirely the album. Yeah, I'm not going to find it. Oh, okay. Uh, I don't see the name that you found. Oh, it, it popped up in my one. Weird. Anyway, let's, let's, farm. <laughs> your algorithm is weird. Let's yeah. uh, let's move on, shall we? Because uh, yeah, let's, I, let's I, go. I'll be honest, we've gone down a massive rabbit hole after just talking about TLC, apparently. There you go. Uh, Everywhere. So, What's happening with me at the moment? Uh, I'm now on holiday for a week. So I've taken a week off work because work's been stressful. And also I need to use up my holiday because uh, during lockdown, I kind of forgot to take a holiday. So yes, yeah, nice. using up some holiday days, which is good. And I picked up something or paid for something, which is being shipped, but it's not what here. It? I'm not, I can't tell you. I'm going to tell you guys in the next Bring show. Out porn. Blow the load. <laughs> God. <laughs> oh, dear. Uh, but yeah, I'm disappointed because I, be, um, I was meant to come on Friday and it didn't. So a bit annoyed. Uh, I did also buy a new USB webcam, um, an HD one. Can you guys tell the difference? Yes, I can. You looks you look super nice. Uh, the glare is super precise now. Yeah. Fantastic. I, well, I can see it, the shine very clearly off of your head. That's, yep, that's thank, what I meant. Thank you. Thank you very much. Uh, it's funny you should say that because this is still the same webcam because the other one I bought was a piece of shit. So this is Fuck the thing you. I bought. Dude, that looks like a Game Boy camera. I know, it does yeah. a little bit. But it's got its own built-in ring light and stuff and it's meant to be HD. And I, I was looking on Amazon and like, they had a ton of these on there. And this one wasn't the cheapest, but it was cheaper than a lot of other HD webcams. But as I look at all the reviews, all the reviews are like this is great, and something even showed screenshots, like, like pictures of what they've done. Like, and I was like, yeah. okay, the quality does look pretty decent actually. I'm gonna, I'm gonna go for it because HD for an HD webcams are surprisingly expensive. Like, I, they're like well over a hundred pounds, whereas yeah. not non HD ones are like quite cheap. My current one is 720p, so it's not full HD. Um, but it's a Microsoft one, and it's actually done me very well for the last. It's been, I've, I've had it for years now. Can't even remember how when I got it. So I thought, I'm going to go for it. I'm going to go for this. It's cheaper. It's like some sort of crappy Chinese brand, I'm sure. Um, and yeah, it was terrible. Like, I'm all washed out. You would not see the glare on my head, my friend. Um, I was all washed out. Um, like, I couldn't read the, my Mega Drive box in the background. Like, the, the font was just, it just looked so blurry. And the ring light did nothing, almost. Like, literally did nothing. Huh. So I was just like, huh, I will... Uh, take this back then but that arrived this morning uh, the the delivery man woke me up at like 7 30 in the morning on a sunday i was trying to sleep um I was trying yeah. to sleep through church damn right <laughs> <laughs> uh, i was in my home with simpson staying at home while the family goes to church sort of 
nice day. Why is I know exactly what episode you're talking about because he finds dude. like a penny under the couch and he thinks, "Is this the greatest day of my life?" And flashes <laughs> through to his wedding day and stuff. That's my memory, ladies and gentlemen. I couldn't tell you who the uh, a certain president is like 15 years ago, but I remember that episode of The Simpsons. <laughs> so true, so true. But uh, there have been some other things happening. So, Chris, to answer a question you had earlier, yes, we do have Steam in the UK because I bought Shenmue 3 on Steam the other day when it finally released on Steam. Woohoo! Uh, so I now actually own two copies because I have it on the PlayStation 4. But I don't own a PlayStation 4. Ew, so I haven't why? Played <laughs> Ew, why? Ew. Why? Why? Ew. Shenmue 3 is garbage. Wait, what, I'll let you wait, address okay. him first. So I, I, I backed it on Kickstarter because I'm a big fan of Shenmue. I haven't played it yet. It was 66% off on Steam. So yeah, I got the, the deluxe version for £20, which is pretty reasonable. Um, so that's all the I'm DLC sitting here talking stuff. shit. I also own Shenmue 3. So. <laughs> nice. Like, don't, don't feel too bad. Um, but yeah, that's the actual main box art. It's just got the... Oh yeah, I I want the dust cover. Yeah, that looks so much better than the actual game. (laughs) I think. Okay, I have that, but it's a steel book because Best Buy had the steel book version. You could buy just the steel book for ten bucks. So I went to Best Buy and got it, even though I had the physical. That's a really good way to sink it in the bottom of the ocean. That steel book, the weight (laughs) that—that's like the only good. It's not even steel. It's like not even real plastic, even. That extra weight will will make it sink. Oh dear! But for Where those people who want to play Shenmue Three on Steam, it is still sixty six cents off until November the twenty fifth. So hopefully, you'll get this podcast out just in time, so you can get money off um, for that announcement to tell you guys. Uh, but yeah, so I already own it, but I haven't played it. And despite Chris's uh, protestations, there I will play it. I and hopefully love it. I'm going to bloody love it just because of that, actually. You know, have you not played it at all yet? Nope, not even touched it. Nope. Okay. Um, you know, this is as good an idea and as good a time as any. Maybe we should finally do the Shenmue journey for part three because I have yeah. not finished it at all. Okay. We did that for it. it was it was like nineteen episodes of the sideshow for to get through <laughs> Shenmue two between me, Marson, and Pal. <clears throat> so we, we could do it. We could do this. That's uh, we could do. We could do. A stream I'm game. Together, That's the only way I'll sit down with it probably. Yeah, so sounds good. We'll get Antichrist you know, on as well. He's going to have to power through. You're yeah. going to get that collector's <laughs> edition, right, right, Graham? Oh, yeah, I'm going to pick up the uh, limited run collector's edition for $160 or however much it is. God. Get all that DLC. Ooh. Hear that waterfall yeah. song again. <laughs> um, I, I hate did. it. I hate, I hate you. <laughs> I wish I could hate you to death. That was terrible. <laughs> Uh, I'll see you guys. That's me. <laughs> okay. Uh, before you go, Scotty, there was one other thing I picked up, which is a brand new Dreamcast release, Arcade Racing oh, nice, Legends. Yeah. So right. if you're a fan of the, the site and stuff, uh, we have actually put up on our YouTube channel an unboxing of this because I got the Road Trip Edition, which is one of the limited edition versions they put out on because it was a Kickstarter. Uh, so it comes with a, uh, a CD, uh, like a... Oh, oh no! Ah, comes with like a little uh, anyway. actual audio CD and like a limited 
certificate thing and that's pretty much it and the game obviously and uh but i'm working on a video review so that video review should hopefully come out this week i'm hoping uh but yeah uh, I'll, I'll say right now i like it but there's a lot of flaws in it so yeah oh, really it's impressive it's very impressive for an indie game I mean, do you guys have any questions for me about the game or are you i'm um, actually looking it up right now i'm super you interested can still in it. buy it i believe i th- i actually yes, have a so, copy coming to me because it showed up on pixel heart i think is who made it yes um, so yeah pixel heart yeah. the developers uh they actually have it on their website so you can still buy it you can't get oh, the they have the crazy versions. taxi in it yes yeah, so the part, oh, the part, yeah, of the, yeah. part of the thing about the game it's called Arcade Racing Legends. They have a load of um, cars from some of them are inspired by Sega games. So they've got like the Hornet from Daytona. They've got the Lancia Delta from Sega Rally. Uh, that's a smaller car. They've got the Lancia Stratos, which is the unlockable car from Sega Rally. They've got the Crazy Taxi vehicle. Um, they've got some other cars, like some from movies. So they've got the um, a car that looks very similar to the Batmobile from Batman and Batman Returns um the delorean from back to the future uh, i'm trying to think they've got a ghost a car that looks very much like the ghostbusters car but weird it's a bit weird they, they can't use the official design so they're all a bit tweaked a yeah, little bit but they're clearly like they are what they are. yeah uh, um but then they've got famous cars like real life cars like the bugatti veyron uh the ford gt uh i think they've got a, they've got oh a, they have licensed stuff in there I but they're not it's that. not licensed it's not licensed it's it's they've taken the model basically but it's clearly it's the great it, you know, version of it yeah, basically. So yeah, it's you're looking at that's a great value podcast GT. today. <laughs> this is this is pretty impressive. Like, what are, what are yeah. you saying are the flaws? Because I'm looking at some footage oh. of this and it looks pretty good. So okay, I can I can say some of the flaws. Um, so for what so some some of these most of the flaws do not break the game. Just let so you know they're not game breaking anyway, but they are little niggles. And the fact they're charging full price for a game makes you think they could have maybe tweaked it a little bit. Um, so, for example, if you go into the first-person view where you see the, the, the hood of the car, um, some of the cars don't even show the hood, and some of them do, but the hood moves around, and some of them you can see a glitch where there's, like, a gap between the hood and the, the bottom of the screen, and you can actually see That's the weird. wheels underneath. So it's kind of glitching <laughs> as you're driving along. Um, That's crazy. It's really weird. <laughs> um, the enemy, the, uh, the computer AI does not break at all like to go around corners you really you can basically the game is designed so you can drift around corners a bit or you, if you change the the settings you can be a bit more precise like an f1 car not drifting but you have to break basically to go around corners the ai will just as soon as you start to break the air go just around the corner past you and you're like dude there's no way i can get around this corner it's like a hairpin corner there's no way you can get mm-hmm. around without breaking they're just like la 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 yeah. so there's a couple of tracks where they've got a lot of corners on and it's just like I cannot impossible to beat the computer. Um, eventually, you can. I oh, there's one track I did at least thirty times in a row and finally beat them. I was just like, Jesus, that was almost painful. Um, yeah. But but it is a fun game. Your, the actual your trigger finger feel after that. Oh yeah. Oh, that's another thing. There's you d- you can set the triggers to be accelerate and brake, but actually A and B are accelerate and brake because they don't have analog acceleration or brake in it. Wow. Which is which isn't a glitch or anything in the game that's how they must have designed it but it's a bit weird mm. that they don't have the analog triggers so i've been using a and b mostly to be honest because mm-hmm. uh, i just hold it down um i imagine it'd be easier to drift with that maybe like you'd be like essentially doing a sweep maybe uh, i don't know i don't know i don't know i i yeah i th- but th- there are some really good things in the game um oh sorry just one other 
um, thing that actually did annoy me, but again, it doesn't break the game. The sound, the music is brilliant. The sound effects aren't so good. Like there's there's sound effects when you hit the walls or hit another car, and they they go between like someone smashing two trash can lids together, <laughs> like two metal trash can lids together, like a ching to a kind of comical boink sort of noise almost. And those are the only two sound effects you have. And you've got settings to change that to change the music volume and the sound effects volume. I was like, oh cool, I can just turn this down. Fantastic. No, it doesn't turn it down. It turns down the announcer at the start. It goes, three, two, one, go. That that will reduce. But the sound effects are there at the same level. I'm like, ah, oh, they're still there. Like what? Um which is just really weird. And also the vibration the rumble pack, vibration pack, you can barely feel it. And you can change the you can adjust it to be stronger, but most of the game, you don't even feel it. And I'm like, uh Again, it doesn't ruin... It doesn't actually affect the gameplay. But it's just one of those weird things. You're like, yeah, I, I realise this hasn't rumbled at all. Like, what is going on? Um, so Are it's one sure of those things... Pack? Oh, I tested out three different packs on three different controllers, all into switching. Oh None of them did made a, a slightest bit of a difference. So, yeah, because that person's like, oh, shit, my rumble pack's broken. Oh, God. Um, yeah. No, it's not that at all. And I tried out two official Dreamcast ones and one of my non-official Dreamcast ones, and yeah, none of them were working with it, which is a bit of a gusset. But, but as I say, it's actually a very fun game. The gameplay is brilliant. Like, despite the AI I'm, sort of cheating a little bit, I yeah, I'm made. watching some of the um, the one of the tracks over here where they're doing a drift challenge. It looks like that there's a mission mode of some sort where they are like, "Hey, go drift on this uh, on this track. Don't hit any of the walls." And I'm yeah. watching this guy play. And the the mechanics and just the way that it looks as he's drifting around these hairpins are so good. Mm-hmm. Like, yeah, like you can see the car, like the frame of the car moving back and forth oh, yeah. as it's trying to adjust. Like that's that's impressive. Yeah, that's it's so definitely that's... one of the best looking indie oh, games. Yeah. In and that's time. the thing for an indie game. I would say it's so one impressive. of the best looking Dreamcast games. That this Ooh, looks... yeah, yeah. controversial. Controversial, like what would you say is <laughs> that? I I'd say that bet. I'm not saying it's the worst looking Dreamcast racing game, but I'd say there's way better actual official looking Dreamcast racing games. There's there. some good mm-hmm. ones. There's some really good looking uh, ones, but I I think yeah, gameplay wise though, it's so solid. It's like I can't really fault it for those little flaws. Like I I will highlight. I'm going to highlight them in my review, which I've done to you guys as well. But for the actual gameplay, it's so solid. Uh, I, I actually want, I, I sort of finished it. I unlocked everything. Um, <laughs> And I was like, I actually want more of this. I, I would happily play more of this and, you know, pick it up and play it and stuff. I'd like to see us bring it up at the Dreamcast Marathon next year, maybe, Scotty, if, if we're going to be my question. Yeah, we yeah. need more stuff in the indie block. And like the Dreamcast was known for some of its racers. So maybe this would be a good one to talk yeah. about. Honestly, like, I won't go on too far of a side tangent, but like years that, um, I've hosted physically at my house and like Brett usually ends up staying a couple of days. He has in the past and it's, it's after those days that we, he's a big racing guy. So it's, it's, it's like post marathon, like everybody's gone and we're just hanging out being bros. It's those days that we find like good solid racing games. And we're like, why don't we do? And then we just forget like, Oh, whatever. We got hydro thunder and pen pen. We're good. That's the whole (laughs) racing library of dreamcast. Cool. So it's, yeah, we need to, we need to put other racing games in. Yeah. Mix it up, man. Yeah. Um, the 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 two player mode in it is only oh, for two players, like one on one. Yeah, um, no, you froze so, up for a second. Oh, yeah, okay, yeah, sorry. Um, yeah, so the two player mode is one on one, which I think could be fun, a fun challenge for us. Um, but there's no AI 
uh, characters in it. But there's that career mode that um, Chris just sort of mentioned, which if you've ever played Metropolis Street Racer, it reminds me of a mini version of that in that there's just like, they have challenges on certain tracks, like especially at the start. Yeah, it's like, go around this course without hitting any walls. And then it's like, go around this course without hitting any walls with a time limit. And it'd be like a different course. And then be like, mm. uh, they'll be like, try and race this cat, this car and stuff. So it kind of introduces, eases you into the game. I think it's really cool, but those, those drift challenges could be fun just for us to do. Like, um, see, so you can get the fastest time and stuff without hitting walls. Basically. They have um, the Batmobile in this. Yes. That's what he said. Yeah. 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 So it yeah, sounds like cool. it's how like burnout would do, um, burnout uh three i don't remember I've, i haven't played any of them but one of them would have like crazy <laughs> like at the time of that game being relevant had i think some sort of record of the most dlc in any game outside of like rock band and guitar hero because oh, wow. you would have like time machine car and it's clearly the delorean <laughs> or it would be another one with like ghost hunting vehicle and it's obviously ecto one like stuff yeah. like that um, but that, that's kind of what got me into, I've been on and off with racing games, but one that I was deep into was our Ridge racer R4. And what appealed to me with that was all the, clearly this is the Batmobile, but we can't call it the Batmobile. So I think that that's cool that they have that. Cause that's a good way to bring in casuals as well too. Yeah. Hell yeah. Um, a game they might not yeah. play normally. Yeah. It's yeah. So if anyone's interested, it's a, it is actually a very fun game. It's got its flaws, but very fun. Uh, you can get it from pixel hearts website, but my review should hopefully be out soon hopefully this week um so yeah you can check it out more i guess okay and so that moves us on to our feedback forum of doom feedback of So we missed this out last week because we actually didn't have much feedback. Um, but then something came in um, to to us, which is actually from Emmett the Crab. And we tied in a lot of our questions and stuff and bits of commentary last week uh, within our main features. But we saw this too late, Emmett the Crab, so I'm apolog- apologies for that. But we've got it here now. So we were asking people about their... Um, the launch nightmares, console launch nightmares, because that's something we discussed last week. And Emmett the Crab said, I was going to college in Japan for the Saturn launch. It was 50,000 yen, about $500 at the time. I saw one demoing Pan's Dragoon in a glass case and felt like it was too fancy and expensive for me. That would have been all my money for food for the quarter. So I bought a used Super Famicom instead. I finally got one around 1998 in the US. So yeah, uh, I guess that's a, along the lines of the launch nightmares in that he saw he saw the Saturn, he wanted to get it, but was unable to because it was been way too expensive, which is uh, kind of gutting, I think, if you are really keen to try and get yourself hands on the, the latest console. But uh, I mean, you Super Famicom. Hopefully it wasn't too expensive. Uh, I would imagine you get a, a decent chunk of games at that point actually uh yeah i was trying to think like i don't think the initial launch of the saturn had games bundled with it but i don't remember and i should probably have researched that going into today's conversations but um so assuming that's the fact like if you throw in a game that's 550 then or whatever almost 600 after tax yeah i've got a thing in the uk it wasn't the original one wasn't bundled my friend got a launch saturn i think he bought clockwork night he might I don't think he even had like virtual fighter or anything. I think he had like just clockwork night. Oh, and That's wing arms. He, he got wing arms as well. I don't know if that was launched That's or soon after. But, uh, yeah. Oh, yeah. So yeah, thanks for that, Emmett. Thanks. I'm sorry we couldn't uh, do it last week. We, we sadly missed it, but there we go. And uh, with that, uh, let's move on to Scotty Moe's 
mail sack of wonder. It's the mail sack, we got the mail sack, beautiful mail sack. Oh, nope, that's wrong, that's very wrong. Yeah, we're gonna open it up, and it's the mail sack. Did that pick up? It picks up some of it. It always cuts out just to the end. I don't understand why. I'm going to keep talking, and I'll, then I'll play it. Maybe while I talk, it's the mail sack, and while it, it picks it up ringing while I still talk, that makes as much sense as any other piece of technology <laughs> does. Doesn't it? <clears throat> In the Discord, we actually missed this one, so we're going to bring it back. Uh, Mr. Haru asked us a couple weeks ago, um, has real-world knowledge of a thing ever hindered your ability to enjoy a game within the, quote, real world? Example, being in the military or government and judging how much, quote-unquote, Hollywood is put in the storylines of shooters or stealth games. So, ooh, I'll go first because um, a friend of mine's dad... Fr- I know someone who was a former oh. FBI agent, oh. and he hates the Die Hard movies because the FBI is portrayed so poorly in those. Like, they are borderline the enemy in both the first and second one. I can't remember. They're involved in the third one as well. But like the first movie, the two agents that come in are like, this is our uh, circus now or whatever, you know, like we're taking over. Like that's not how he's just mad because the FBI works with people, not just comes in and takes over. (laughs) Like that's not how law enforcement handles things as a group. Maybe it happens sometimes in real life, but like, he cannot enjoy those because of how they portray. Oh man. Um, uh, Die Hard still, those are fun movies, but they're Hollywood. You got to remember that. <laughs> um, one that I thought of is I fucking hate grandma's boy. Cause I can't take, I know it's a joke in a comedy movie, but like I watching that movie, I'm like, this is not how video games are made at all. I and this no isn't even funny. Is. You don't Graham, what do you do? <laughs> What is Grandma's that movie? movie. I, I <laughs> love that movie. Oh, God damn it! I want to say it's the first Happy <laughs> Madison. Creation. What does that mean? Yeah, I want to say it's the first Happy Madison movie or one of those of that production company of Adam Sandler's stuff. But it's just it's essentially a group of guys. Yeah, um, this guy who ends up living with his grandma, and he's a game developer. But whenever you go to, like, the game dev studio, it's just dudes hanging out, sitting in beanbag chairs, looking at games that are totally not World of Warcraft. And there's one guy that's <laughs> kind of the head dev who is... I hate this comparison, but he'd be, like, Sheldon on steroids. Um, and it is it Dax... Uh, what's his name? Uh, who's married to... Oh shit! Let me just look this up. Sorry. Uh, he's portrayed to be like the, the like white Kojima. Like he he sits in like this all white room, stainless steel appliances everywhere. Fucking, he's like the future vision of video games. He's a pompous asshole. He's like if Kanye West made video games, that's what this guy would be. <laughs> God, wow! But no, no it's not I Dax mean, Shepard. I thought it was, but it's not. Outside of what Scotty is saying is, I love that movie. It's stupid. It's dumb as shit. Absolutely yeah, I just dumb. couldn't. I, it, my reactions to it are, anyone's rebuttal could be just, dude, lighten up. It's a movie. But it just annoyed me because I knew people that busted their, I still know people that bust their ass and make video games. And it's not, you don't just sit around in a goddamn dorm room and games get made. Yeah. <laughs> so, <laughs> uh, wow. 
yeah. I, I'm struggling to think of specific things, but there's a lot of like TV shows or movies that talk about video games just annoy me for that reason that like, I'm like, yeah, they don't know what they're talking about. Like I, I, I don't work in the games industry. I've never made a game myself, but I, as you said, like you, Scotty, I know people who have, and I know what it's like. And yeah. And yeah, sometimes I'm just like, ah, oh, God damn it. Um, this is kind of almost, okay. I don't have military experience either. Uh, this is like an almost opposite thing with one thing that really annoyed me about, um, specifically about Halo 2 and the battle rifle in Halo 2, which is weird. Um, so it's almost, a weird opposite thing in that the reason why the battle right that I, I watched a documentary about halo two. In fact, yeah, I think it was in the limited edition halo two, actually they had this thing. They're talking about the differences while they introduced new weapons to the game and stuff. And they got rid of the, the, um, the combat, like assault rifle, like the full on fully automatic, uh, rifle from the original game. And they changed it to the battle rifle, which is like a burst shot gun. And they said, yeah, cause we, we worked with like more military professionals and they showed like footage of them, like working with how military units would, um, you know, going formation and, and the weapons that they use in real life is, is more, more accurately portrayed by this battle rifle. And I was sitting there going, it's a game set in the future with fucking aliens. You don't need to have current modern t- like weapons. Like, what are you doing? Like, and for that reason, as I was playing Halo 2, I just, I, I just, every time I used the battle rifle, I was like, no, I don't like this gun. Screw this. Like, so, but for Halo 2, I just did not use that gun. I hated it. Like, and I was just oh, like so bad. Because they got they got rid of my favorite gun, which is the assault rifle thing, and I was just like, "This." Is I don't bullshit. remember the assault rifle being taken out. I remember it the battle rifle game. being offered to you in the beginning they, of the game because it was one of the first rifles you got. But I don't remember the the assault rifle being taken out. I am ninety percent sure in Halo Two on the original Xbox they removed the assault rifle because I remember being so mad about that. We're gonna have to, we're gonna have to Google this, maybe. Maybe <laughs> I'm, I'm looking it up right now. You keep uh, going. Okay. But, uh, I mean, I can't, I can't really think of anything. There have been things of real world knowledge though, in essence for movies and games that have annoyed me. I can't really think of anything right now though, which is really bugging me. Um, I thought, I thought of another one or, well, I remember I prepped an answer to this, but reading it now, it's just too angry and I don't want to get into it. But oh, I think most of us, most of us can relate to this, uh, listening on this show. Now watching this later on, the Big Bang Theory, that TV that show. show. I hate Talk that show. That show. I hate that Talk show that with show. a burning fucking passion. Oh, yeah. Wow. Uh, what specifically, I, Scotty? Are you just just the way they I know a real life Sheldon? I know a real life Sheldon. I've been said that I'm like Sheldon. I have other friends that have been labeled as Sheldon, and no, Sheldon is not. Well, yeah, he's not a real person, but the number one thing about him as socially awkward as he is, he would not have the fucking fashion sense that he does in that show to match <laughs> patterns and colors or anything that he wears in that. He would not talk to people the way he does. He like, all right, I'll just, I'll just fucking read what I have here. Uh, yeah, my notes it. that I had. <clears throat> okay. The social awkwardness of the person that I know, I feel bad, but no one wanted to hang out with him. I was friendly with him as much as I could be, but sometimes people are too Wait, sometimes people are too much because they don't understand social cues. Uh, they make it funny in Big Bang Theory, you know, haha, lol. But someone like Sheldon would not have, I mentioned the fashion sense, to match everything like they did. Their ego, the ego, his ego is there. Yes, that is, that is, I'm pretty confident that's, you know, they got that a little bit. But 
it, but not the need to be accepted to that extent. Um, my college buddy that I knew, uh, I lost my place now. Uh, let me see here. Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's the thing that the genius is like, you, you meet a genius, they're on a different level, just different areas. But mm. going back to my college buddy, his ego and his jokes were all family guy quotes and office space references, not his own, just quotes. The comic shop that I frequent in, uh, they changed their night for a certain game, a certain tabletop game to avoid him and never told him when they rescheduled it to so that he just wouldn't show up. Wow. <laughs> so, like, I have other stories I could go into, but just, like, if someone like Sheldon exists and they do, you can't have a conversation with them because they can't lower themselves. You you don't understand what they're saying half the time. Maybe this is generalizing, whatever. But it just made me so mad that everybody like likes Sheldon for his quirks. No, you they are different. Like, ah, oh, it just bothers me so much. And I recently fin- watched the movie Ready Player One. Um, how Mister Hol- Holiday is portrayed in that movie? That actor the best I've ever seen for like, like a nerd super genius. Cause like he doesn't, his hair is a mess. You know, he's like Einstein's hair was a mess. Cause he didn't understand to fix that. Who cares? Like holiday is awkward. He can't finish his sentences with people. He's, he just can't make eye contact. Like he's in a different world because his brain is operating at a different speed than anyone else's. It's one of my favorite portrayals as like a game dead nerd game dev nerd, super genius in a movie is, um, I, I should have yeah. written down his name, but the guy who played Holiday in the uh, Ready Player One movie. But there, there's exceptions to this, like Cliffy B, who made Gears of War. He he acts like a rock star, but he's but he makes video games. Like there's you know Kojima is just weird and bizarre, but you just want to talk to that guy, and like he hangs yeah. out at parties and stuff. Like it, <laughs> there's exceptions, but it I could never. I hated Big Bang Theory because of all. Uh, first of all, they're all professors, uh, unless they're professors at like the highest paying school in blank city, New York City, where San Francisco, wherever the fuck they are. Professors are not doing that well. <laughs> like, it's not uh, to live with roommates and have all that shit. And it's I don't fucking care. I hate the Big Bang mm-hmm. Theory. <laughs> Garbage. Yeah. You, you have got a point about Sheldon. Cause I did actually used to work when I worked at a big data. Uh, yeah, big data company. There was a, a guy there who basically was a Sheldon. And like with the fashion sense and stuff, he tried to mimic people's fashion sense wearing jeans and like sort of trendy shirts or whatever. But yeah, he never pulled it off. Like he always got it slightly wrong. And he, yeah, you could not have a conversation with that guy at all. Um, he tried, he, he tried, would try and fit in. But again, like he wouldn't understand, he'd try and fit in with jokes and stuff because he'd hear people telling each other jokes and they'd be laughing. But yeah, he wouldn't really understand the joke. He'll like, he'll sort of, it's one of those people like someone will say a joke um, and like you know bring out the punchline, then he'll explain the punchline. It's like, yeah, yeah, dude, that's that's why everyone's laughing. They understood the joke. You don't need to explain that to everyone, um, but he just yeah. didn't understand that you 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 don't explain the joke. And there's one time I made a, a off the cuff joke. It's actually a quote from a British TV show called Peep Show. Um, it's like a, a a joke within that show. Um, Sexy. Yeah. <laughs> and yeah he just he he thought i was being serious so i'll just give you the reference for what it is basically in in that show there's this guy who is he's very he's kind of awkward in social situations he's not like a genius or anything he's just an awkward guy but um he's he's just broken up from i think his marriage to his wife um and his his roommate's trying to get him to go out and stuff and like get go on a date and stuff and he's like uh, is, is this, is this thing going to be sexy? Is she going to be too sexy? And then like, he walks into this pub and he's like, 
yeah, yeah. She she's just she's just too sexy for me. I'm gonna have to go home. She's too sexy. Just tell her I love her. She's too sexy. And then like walks out the pub basically. <laughs> he just he just he can't handle being around an attractive person basically because he's got he thinks so low of himself. And I made a reference to that. Like uh, I can't. There was some things someone was talking about. Like this is back when I was single. Um, someone was like, oh yeah, we should all go out as a group. We could I, I could bring some of my female friends along. And I was like, uh, she's probably too sexy. Just tell her I love her. Yeah, and this like this all just made a little joke about that because I knew my friend watched the Peep Show, um, and, and then this guy at work we nicknamed him Jogger. His, his nickname was Jogger. We didn't nickname him that. That's he actually introduced himself to me as Jogger. He's always been called that. Um, but yeah, he was just like he's just like uh, like is she too sexy? Like he's kept coming up and saying that to me. I'm like, dude, <laughs> like that's not. He's it's like, no, I can't, I can't, I can't even explain to you why this is not funny right now. It's just. Yeah, yeah, you just didn't understand like what was going on. Um, I, I want to make it clear yeah. that I have nothing. I have no problem with people like this. I don't think less of them, mm. but it mm. bothers me personally how Big Bang Theory tries to make it seem like as awkward as these people are that they are lovable and and like relatable and all that crap and it just it would bother me more because everybody would be like oh now I know who you remind me of you remind me of Leonard on the Big Bang Theory and I'm just like. <laughs> yeah 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 just because i'm not digging a jogger like i was actually friends with him <laughs> you're right i think i feel big bang for he does not portray people like even this like casual nerds in the right way either it's because yeah. apparently our lives is just world of warcraft and star trek quotes mm-hmm. i so, can't think of games that have really been ruined for me though i could only ever think of movies because usually because with a game you can just turn it off and you're done with it you know um, yeah true but. What uh, do you think of any there, Chris? I mean, I've got I got this question for the uh, oh, yeah. right, podcast, okay. but um, I'll briefly go into it. Um, uh, my experience being in the military and working with the government, and also having some sort of connection with other three letter agencies, um, is that most, especially high budget um, video game developers, um, they do the smart thing. They get military advisors to assist them in making their video games. So like that the one thing you got to understand is like plot line versus like the tactics and the equipment and all the bullshit that they have. Um, there's, there's a lot of assistance that they get um, from people who have been in the infantry in other three, three letter agencies. So like the shit that you see in call of duty, um, even though that that's like mostly running gun, um, a lot of the things that they're holding that they're equipped with is real world type bullshit. Um, even some games, especially the squad based games, uh, have been um, very, very accurate to the fir- to the point where I would say there is a game back in, I believe, 2003. Um, maybe it's a little bit later than that, but it was for the original Xbox. And it was right after um, the invasion in Iraq and Afghanistan. Uh, it may have also been right after Fallujah where um, this one company, I forget the name of, but they created a game called First to Fight where they got actual advisors and Marines from 3-5 and 2-5 to come in and tell them, hey, this is how we do our tactics. Uh, this is how we fight these, the squad-based movements. And in that game, they go into, you know, you can direct your, your a Lance Corporal squad leader which is super impressive to me because usually 
um, when you're playing the leader in a military shooter, you're usually like an officer or a high-ranking enlisted guy. And they were just like, no, you're a fucking PFC Lance Corporal, um, like the lowest of the low, and just small unit leadership and tactics. And you can tell your guys, hey, we're going into wedge formation because we won't, don't want to get shot from all, all around. Uh, column formation so that we can move quickly. It's, it's very, very interesting how they do it. And call for fire, it's very, very good. Um, I would say that along the more espionage type games, that's when it gets a little bit wild because a lot of that shit is is based in fantasy. Like you have your Tom Clancy's and shit like that. And everyone in the community knows that that's bullshit. Nobody necessarily gets upset. It's like it's very much dramaed up because a lot of things that happen within those agencies can be very mundane and boring. So... It doesn't necessarily ruin it for me. I can't just sit there and be like, "Oh, I can't, I can't play this." But it's it's believable enough because they're taking a lot of the aspects that other professionals are giving them, and they're making a story with it. Whereas in Hollywood, I have a big time, a hard time watching Hollywood movies that portray the military. Like one of the best movies that I saw portraying the military was Battle of LA. And that was an alien movie. Oh yeah. yeah. Uh, that one was actually like very, very, uh, I don't want to say true, but like the entire culture within the Marine Corps being portrayed in that movie is very, very similar. You have a lot of shit bags. They talked about PTSD, people dealing with shit, uh, chain like chain of command hierarchy everyone hating the fucking lt lt having to prove himself i'm like okay yeah that 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 sends a message home but like you watch the hurt locker and you're like fuck this movie this movie's <laughs> fucking stupid i thought um, you were gonna say uh shin godzilla um because that one's a, a big time satire on uh japanese government and japanese politics um but not much happens in the majority of that movie so it's like I shudder to say this, but it's like a more realistic take on if Godzilla started destroying the major city because like, yeah, their government would be sitting there and discussing what to do rather than trying to actually fight the beast. Uh, exactly. That, that's yeah. That's, that's the, the short, the cliff notes version of Shin Godzilla right. for everybody. But um, I, I've yeah. actually just thought of something that does ruin in our video games. I think for my, my limited real world knowledge, I feel does not work. And that's every fucking game that's added in, a bow and arrow and it's a one hit instant kill on every enemy <laughs> like that bow, like i'm sorry but like a sniper rifle or like you know a shotgun versus versus a bow and arrow in real life yes you can kill someone with bow and arrow with one hit if you get it on the heart or the head but getting them in the leg or the or like the side no they'll they'll fall down in pain but if you shoot someone in the, in the like if you shoot someone you're more likely to do more damage basically it's it drives me nuts that in games you can like shooting someone five times they know it won't die without a bow and arrow twang dead in i'm pretty proud of developers not um making the shotgun have uh stopping power like so like when you shoot somebody with a shotgun they just fall over it's not like they get blown backwards right. 30 40 okay. fucking feet it's just like boom oh i have now 30 holes in my chest let me lay here and die yeah <laughs> yeah totally yeah so yeah hollywood movies is bullshit with that where people just get fly back and start getting shot with them but Dumb. yeah it's, i still think in video games like like two the two new tomb raider games like yeah i'm sorry this is not it's not it's just not realistic i <laughs> just thought of some I, 
I thought of another one, um, but it's more with anime um, because it's it's aggravating how poorly instrumentalists are ever portrayed in any type of media, be it guitarists, drummers, bassists, you know, singers they can get right because you can dub that shit in later. But um, uh, and so with that, that's why I'm a really big fan of the Beck manga and the Beck anime. Um, not not. Beck, as we know him with um, uh, uh, I'm a Loser Baby, so why don't you kill me? Not that Beck. Um, but they're called Beck Mongolian Chop Squad. Uh, it's a fun, goofy, lighthearted, slice-of-life anime, but like the, you could like stare at the cover and like, oh, that is, like, that's the bridge of the guitar, that's the neck piece, like, this is each string, like, everything on there. Um, and another one that's good with that, and, and I'm sure this is all within reason, because you, when you draw and write an anime later on you're recording the audio but the um a- another slice of life anime called k on which is about mm. a bunch of high school girls that create an after school band essentially to keep a club together but they are actually playing a lot of the chords and beats and stuff that they um you hear in there so that can it's probably why you don't see a lot of like other than scooby-doo like a lot of bands show up in cartoons and stuff um and maybe <laughs> not as factual with like metalocalypse and stuff, but stuff like that is more entertaining to me when they've clearly done their research. Like they're, uh, that might be what drew me to fully coolie at first. Cause like Haruko is like holding a Rickenbacker base. I'm like, Oh, that is, a, that says Rickenbacker on it. I'm going to watch this show, you know, like stuff like this, stuff like mm-hmm. that. So, um, I, yeah, I've got an appreciation when they actually show bands and anime playing their instruments. And then you watch the guitarists, actually playing the 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 notes and they're like one for one because there's some of them where they just like you hear a lick going on and they're still playing c so right, i'm just right, like right. when we're actually like doing the the licks i'm just like their hands oh, are just oh, like yes. this yeah like they're soloing I hate that. somehow like that i hate that <laughs> for listeners i just stroked my ukulele sexy enjoy that no, that's not a euphemism but uh yeah not um, ukulele so that's a good question, Mr. Hara. I think we could actually probably do a whole bloody show on that, to be honest. Uh, oh, we sure could. Are you kidding yeah. me? So maybe, maybe next week uh, or side chat. <laughs> um, but let's, should we move on to the next question? Unless, unless yeah, yeah, yeah. Anything um, else to add? No, I'm good with that. I cool. thought of stuff as we were talking. Uh, that was all. I think we all had good good yeah. stuff to bring up with that. Um, turkey, t- ch- t- turkey chase. Turkey chasing. TJ says. Mm. He asks, if you could make a console, what would you name it, and what capabilities would it have? Uh, I'll answer for everyone, Dreamcast 2. I was genuinely thinking that, actually. (laughs) Uh, Oh, man. Yeah. Uh, The the Sega Mega Sphere box, which plays all Sega consoles. There you go. That's that's the thing. Yeah, whatever that South Park game was like mega commissary or whatever yeah i'm gonna go with the drake and josh option and i'm gonna say the game sphere make that shit a reality it's game sphere it's not that recently it's actually a boom box that you can buy (laughs) uh this Uh, could be another whole podcast topic really if we want to do like our elevator pitch for a game console um man just let Microsoft buy Sega so that the Dreamcast 2 happens and mm-hmm. somehow it, you know, I'm picturing this thing with like eight controller ports and 
Wi-Fi antennas coming out of it or something. I don't know. Uh, yeah. Uh, Crazy. I'm, yeah, I'm not sure I could answer. I'd, I'd love... To, okay, genu- genuinely answering the question, though, I'd love to have something along the lines of um, a controller with, like, the VMU sort of thing, like a, a pull-out portable thing, but, like, a better quality one, one that recharges as, you're, as, it, as it plugged in and... Maybe you could, it could be like more color based, I guess. Like, uh, play sort of almost Game Boy style games on it. Like, uh, yeah, uh, more full games, if that makes sense. Because I know you get the Switch, which is a portable handheld console, but this is a little bit different. I want something that acts like a VMU when it's in the controller, but you can also have mini games attached to it that work with the game, you know. So, playing Skies of Arcadia 2, which is, should definitely happen on this console, put it out, get to play like a little mini Skies of Arcadia 2 game, mini game. Like you did on the original, but just better quality. That's something I'd love to okay. see. That, like I'd love to see that happen again. Yeah, yeah. You don't see risks like that. So your your console is you want a better VMU. <laughs> That's just one of the features of my awesome console, <laughs> and I will give you all okay. the other features next time. <laughs> I, I would argue. Uh, do you have a cell phone? Because that could be oh, what you want. No, fuck off for fuck a console. Off. No. <laughs> I'm just saying. <laughs> Sorry, no. I need I need something with buttons, tactile, physical buttons with like a little D pad. I don't want to play a touchscreen stupid game. I want to have a nice little thing, a little bit bigger than that. Maybe it could be a bit bigger than that. You know, better quality, bit of color. Yeah, sixteen bit in there. I don't know, sixteen bit visuals playing in there. I'd be happy with that. So, what would that? What would that be called? What would the 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 item that you want? Would they just call it another VMU or what? Um, the extra VMU, VMU plus ultra VMU, something like that. The, ex- the explosive VMU. <laughs> yeah, the explosive, <laughs> explosive sold out VMU. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh man, did you have one, Chris? I do. Um, actually, I have two. Both of them serve pretty much the same purpose. Um, this is in in the same vein as like the Polymega because Polymega is supposed to be focusing on uh, I want to say what is it Gen four or Gen five uh, CD based consoles so it's trying to play Saturn it's trying to play PlayStation uh, take a step back Sega CD and Neo Geo uh, PC Engine two or PC Engine CD um, I would like to see one dedicated for, I believe it's either Gen 6 or Gen 7 consoles, where it's the PS2, the Xbox, and the GameCube. I believe like having a HDMI output, like a high-res HDMI output for those consoles uh, would be great. Also, um, I would like a more affordable or a better version of like a handheld hdmi upscaler so we're talking wonder swan we're talking neo geo pocket color we're talking about uh game gear uh so that i don't have to either buy a 500 hundred dollar product with the the analog pocket with all their stupid shitty adapters or yeah. run the the garbage ass retron 5 with the game gear adapter because that shit does not work well like oh. just something that is honest and reliable and can play more than just Game Boy shit. Like I want to play my Neo Geo shit. I want to play my Wonder Swan collection because I haven't had a chance to really play Guilty Gear Pettit because the Wonder Swan one runs off of one fucking battery. Which yeah, you could say that's impressive, but the battery life on it is absolute garbage. Uh, not having a backlight is also a detriment to that fucking uh, console as well. So it's really difficult to play some of these games when. 
people have just pretty much forgotten about them because there's not really, and I understand it, there's not really a market for it. People who play Wonderswan and people who play Neo Geo Pocket are us. We're the only weirdos that fucking play that shit. So and keep that, Picari. Yeah. <laughs> so can you, not, can you um, plug plug it in and play it? Like you know, you know, like like with the game gear, you can plug it in the power supply and play it, run it off the power mains because game gear had terrible battery life, famously as well. Mm-hmm. So can you not play it that way, or is it, is it battery only, literally? Uh, Wonder Swan's battery only, I think. Oh wow! Uh, what? Neo, ne- like I could go get it. Is it a is it one double uh, A or what is it? It's a single double A. Okay. Huh. I didn't know that. I didn't know how small the Wonder Swan was until I got one from Japan because I think that it was a Japan exclusive. And like, there are some interesting games that are on there uh, outside of the the only Guilty Gear games that were portable at the time. Uh, It's got some uh, exclusive uh, Final Fantasy games on there as well, which I'm pretty sure. Yeah. uh, There might, and I could be wrong, there might be a Sonic game. Under Wonder Swan, um, uh, there's one on, on the Neo Geo Pocket Color, which is a there is, handheld and- I love, uh, and that is um, the reason I was looking at that Analog Pocket to play those again. And but then you know they sold out quick; they're impossible to get right now. But I kind of more than convinced myself I don't need it because a they don't have at least what they've said they don't have an add on for that clicky stick that the pocket the Neo Geo stuff is known for. Mm-hmm. Um, and and B, it's just not affordable. But I think also what you're saying you want is essentially what the Polymega is, but for a handheld. So you want like a screen that you can click on side things or maybe a bottom thing on the bottom, you know, like what the Switch does with Joy-Cons, but you want that for a handheld for everything. Pretty exactly. much. Like, I'm, I'm a selfish individual. And the uh, run back, <laughs> no, there is not a Sonic game on the Wonderswan. However, there was a bunch of um, Final Fantasy games. There is a Front Mission game, which I don't know if you guys know what Front Mission is, but it is a strategy-based oh. RPG uh, with giant-ass mechs. And I love yep. the Front Mission series. Uh, there was also the Rockman EXE games were also somehow ported over to the Wonder Swan. Don't know how that worked, but that sounds dope. Is the Wonder Swan the one that you can play right or left-handed? Am I thinking of the right thing? Yes. So the Wonder Swan... Wonder Swan was, like, really weird because it's got... You want to go get yours? (laughs) Yeah, sure, whatever. Let me me see if I can find it. Okay. Uh, While he's grabbing that, I'll grab my Neo Geo Pocket Color just to show... I I will uh, say... Like a good boy. Fantastic. <laughs> I gotta remember which drawer it is in, though. We can edit all of this out with the magic of editing. This is a Neo Geo Pocket Color. Ooh, yeah. Um, yeah, I went that route instead of the old Game Boy Advance. Um, mm. But the, uh, what's nice, can you hear that? Is the mic picking yeah. that up? Yeah. Yeah, so it's a clicky, it's a clicky stick, and the um, there were also some controllers, uh, not just for, oh, that's got a good scuff on the screen, uh, not just for Neo Geo stuff, but they put out controllers. This runs on two double A's, but uh, it has a lithium in it. Gets your good old cartridges and stuff. What's in there right now? Samurai Showdown Two. That one introduced me to King of Fighters. Actually, that console did. Uh, there was a. 
I don't think I have it anymore, but they did. Yeah, there was like a Mad Cat's equivalent controller that had the clicky stick. Uh, here's Chris. Chris yep. is coming back now. Um, That's such a good console. I I love the Neo yeah. Geo Pocket Color. It's got great Showing games. That Sonic stick. game is great. Yeah. So this mm-hmm. is this is the Wonder Swan. Yeah. Right how so uh, for for listeners, it's it's a um it's a console that is a hand it is a handheld. It's got like that um i iPhone or iPhone um iMac see through blue color. Oh yeah, and mm-hmm. but it has like D pads that would be face buttons on top of each other, like on one right. side, whichever yeah, way you're so holding. So it's like it. I, the only games that I have on this is Guilty Gear Pettit one and two. Uh, I haven't gone out and got the other ones, but as you yeah, can see, it's got too. it's it's super tiny, like yeah. it's super tiny. And there's it's there's nuts. a port, there's a port right over here, and it doesn't look like a power port or anything that you put an AC adapter. It looks like uh, almost like a USB port that you can stick in there. Maybe two layer um, stuff, like a maybe. cable. But it runs off of a single battery. These are the carts. They're super tiny. Oh wow! Look at that. I mean, like they're wide. But they're super thin. Yeah. And it just it just slides in there. Uh the the visuals on this thing is is pretty shit as far as um like obviously not having a backlight sucks. But like yeah. I have to sit even even when I was playing my Game Boy outside, like at least I can see what's happening. With this, yeah. I have to be immediately under a light <laughs> in order to see anything that I'm doing. Uh, I don't know if there is some sort of functionality where I hold it sideways like this because you have your X uh, D-pad and then you have your Y D-pad over here. So I'm assuming, like, if you were playing a game like Tetris, you'd hold it sideways like this. Oh, I, I, I'm not a hundred percent sure outside of that. It's it's yeah. a very interesting um, piece of hardware. Yeah, I've never played one, but that's why I always assumes that's why they've done that style controller. On mm-hmm. Yeah, I don't know. Um, I've never played one, so I can't actually say for certain with any confidence. But yeah, with yeah. the last thing I'll say about Neo Geo, because Chris is back, uh, the Neo Geo is what actually introduced me to King of Fighters. Really? Ah, the nice. the pocket, because that was like my brother. I got the Sonic bundle. My little brother got the um, Match of the Millennium bundle. Oh, the Capcom SNK. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That was super good. I love it's that. It's pretty game. good. And it also has like mini games galore. It's like the rival schools of yeah. uh, Neo Geo Pocket Color with the yeah, mini no. games in it. So I think for my Neo Geo, I have uh, Match of the Millennium. I have Samurai Showdown Two, which also that's fantastic game. Right now. Yeah, on there. that's literally what's in this. Uh, Sonic Front Mission, uh, not Front Mission. Um, Metal Slug First Mission. I'm looking yeah. for second mission. I don't remember what my fifth game was, though. I want to say that it's another fighting game, but I'm not 100% sure. But, no, I love my, my Neo Geo Pocket Color. It's great. I just wish that there was a mod available to input a backlit screen. And the other thing that sucks about it is that not only do you need batteries for it to run, but you also need to keep that um, yeah, the clock, lithium. the lithium um, watch battery in there because it runs off of a timer for some reason. There's like, it keeps time in the background and it will not let you play the game unless oh. that thing is active in charge and shit. So, Oh wow. It's just a weird quirk about the, the pocket color. Okay. Damn. I'm sorry. Yeah. I wish I picked up a pocket color back in the day. Cause I remember when it came out and I was actually really interested in it. Um, as, as with all Neo Geo stuff, they're not cheap. 
Yeah. They're going up in price now too. Like before Sad. you can get one for like 50, 60 bucks. Now I, I don't know. Yeah. I'm looking wow. it up right now, actually. Um, yeah. So TJ, uh, that's our answer. <laughs> <laughs> oh yeah. We're answering a question. Oh, actually very quickly, Chris, did you look up, up about Halo 2's weapons? Yes, you are right. There is no assault rifle in there. There is not. No, hmm. I just remember being so mad about that. And I remember, I think I was bitching on like the Sega Nerds forums back in the day, going, oh, "God damn it!" They got really, yeah, and, and they changed matters. the they changed the uh, the pistol as well, so the pistol couldn't do more that. and stuff. Mm-hmm. And again, that was because it wasn't realistic. I was like, "Yeah, okay, it's a freaking sci-fi game. You don't need to be realistic. You've got you talk about what? realistic weapons, then you have got like a freaking yeah. plasma sword and aliens that can cloak themselves. What are you talking about? <laughs> What's wrong yeah, with you people? Yeah, yeah. I do remember <laughs> the drama behind the pistol because people were saying people were arguing that the pistol was essentially a better sniper rifle in the first game. Yeah, so, no, but, uh, fucking. Um, I used to watch. It was on G four. That's how long ago it fucking was. Um, but on G four, they used to have something called Arena, I believe, and they had okay. a no shit uh tournament for Arena for Halo two. It was like a huge like two hour event, and they had pools, and they would take the best uh two players from each of the pools into like the final major money match, and. They were on this one map where there's this dome in the center and every and there's all this wasteland on the outside. And the motherfucker who won, won by 25 kills by Whoa. just sitting in the back of the fucking uh, uh, map next to the wall, taking his pistol and just sniping everyone out. It was insane. <laughs> it was insane. Because you also, yeah. I don't think you ever needed ammo for it. It always had at least a bullet or something, right? No, yeah, you had to pick up ammo for it. Yeah, oh, really? I mean, like, you, you had quite a bit of ammo for it as well. And this guy, I don't know how many times he had to reload, but he was he was nasty. He was super good at that game. I, I remember that map as well. I can't remember what it's called, though, but I know exactly which map you're talking about. Mm-hmm. Yeah, great map. Great game. Nice. Uh, anyway, sorry. Yeah, let's uh, move to the next question, I guess. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Mithril Fox asks in the Discord, these are all in the Discord, if you could own a dedicated Sega arcade cabinet of any one game, what game would it be? Oh, I've got three games That's that come to tough. mind. God damn it. Same. Four yeah, games. Four I, games come to mind. Oh. I'll, I'll kick mine off because my gut says uh, my gut says either House of the Dead 2 or Virtua Cop 2. Okay. Um, but I don't have much experience with Virtua Cop 3, so pardon me once to say that. But I really... If there was no maintenance involved somehow, I would probably want a racing game such as like Daytona 2 Battle on the Edge. Like, <laughs> but my gut says Virtual Cop 2, so I'll go with that. Even though I could mimic that with my Saturn and stunner guns, but you know. So, um, what what do you got, Graham? So, I, I, off the top of my head, there's the uh, Star Wars arcade game, which is brilliant. Mm. The pod racing game with the actual freaking proper pod oh, controls. Hell yeah, that, that shit was is so dope. Cool. Um, House of the Dead one because that is my favorite light light gun game of all time. I love that game so much, and also Sega Rally. Mm-hmm. I love Sega Rally. Um, I don't. I don't know if this oh, was there just... Sega Rally ar- arcade cab. I don't even know that. Oh yeah, but literally, like, huh. that's how it's the game started. It was an arcade game. Um, Ah. I, I, I remember the Sega Rally 2 arcade game had a cab that actually could move, and I can't remember if Sega Rally 1 did, but if there was a moving arcade cabinet, I would get that for Sega Rally 1. 
But um, yeah, Sega Rally, Sega Rally is still my favorite racing game. I love it, and I would happily play that. So yeah, those are mine. Sorry, um, Chris. <laughs> oh, I've just somehow never seen this. Yeah, I just looked up the Sega Rally thing. There's a stand-up version as well. Oh, yeah, okay, it's so, not so much fun. <laughs> I've got a few. Uh, number one, F-Zero AX. I just linked this to you guys Jesus. in the okay. chat. Yeah. So okay. this is this is like when Sega was helping develop the F Zero games. They were using mm-hmm. it was developed by Sega's amusement division department. Um, it essentially you get into the cockpit, you buckle yourself in, and as you're driving, the seat tilts with you. Hmm. So it's 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 this high speed. It was at Magfest. It's this high speed racing game. If if you're not familiar with the F Zero series, uh, this game is fucking bonkers. This cab is absolutely nice. fucking bonkers. Um, after that, uh, I'm a huge Rival Schools fan. I would want uh, Rival Schools, and I would also want a copy of uh, Guilty Gear Accent Core. I don't know if Accent Core came out on cab. Uh, just pretty much the newest version of it. I'm pretty. I'm almost positive Plus R didn't come out, but I'd want Guilty Gear Accent Core on like a Naomi or some shit like that. And then also like if if I could um, get one of the XR cabs from Japan, sh- just ship that baby over here because that's my favorite fighting game of all time. So wow. okay, just bring that shit over. That that should have been like the obvious selection for me. <laughs> Rival Schools Guilty Gear F Zero. Yep. I thought you were definitely going to have at least one fighting game in there, but okay. <laughs> I, I've actually just thought of one other one, which I completely forgot about. Have anybody ever played it once? I think it, I can't remember where it was. It might've been at Sega World in the UK when that existed. I know what you're going to say. Do you? Do you though? Really? Are you going to say Supersonic? No. Or Sega Sonic? No. I'm not going to say that at all. Um, I was going to say G-Lock. Um, G-Lock oh. Air Battle. They had G-Lock? A ver- they had a version of G-Lock which you're in this cab, which literally, I don't know if it did full 360 motion, but you're like almost in this little ball thing. So you've got this little ball, but like the, the amount of tilting and movement you had in it was absolutely insane. And I've never seen Wait it since. Second. I only saw it there. And I was just like, that was Are you talking about the R360? I don't know. I don't know what it's called. What? That's what yes. it looks like. Oh. Yes. I think that was it. Yeah. It was nuts. It, from memory, it like tilted really far forward and backwards and left and right, and it was. I genuinely felt like I was in a freaking plane, like flying around. Going, oh my god! Like, obviously the graphics were like sixteen bit visuals or something back uh-huh. in the day, but I was still like, this is the best thing I've ever done. And my friend was playing it as well. Like, we, we, the queue was massive, so we only played it once. And I was just like, that was sick, dude. Let's go and play. Something That's else. wild. Yeah, it was so much fun. It was so good. <laughs> Graham um, wants the ease and leisure of puking in the comfort of his own home. <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> yep. Uh, oh, I can yeah. only imagine, I can only imagine young Graham thinking, this is, this is perfection. Games are never going to get better than this. <laughs> they haven't done it. I was right. <laughs> this was the pinnacle yeah. of everything. Um, but yeah, imagine playing that drunk. That'd be fun. That'd be a fun party game to play. Uh, uh not drunk. <laughs> not drunk. <laughs> I can just I can just see it now. Somebody's like, "All right, hand me my beer." While well, this thing's spinning around and it's just broken glass. <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> oh yeah, um, that's pretty good. Um, and insert TJ saying, "I own the Sonic the Fighters arcade cab." Uh, he, really? I'm saying he would say that he didn't oh. say that, but he does. So, uh, last one though here by Mister Doctor Dizzle asks, 
who would you want as a guest character in a Fighters Mega Mix Two? So Ooh, Fighters Mega Mix, for those that don't know, was essentially the Smash Brothers of Sega on the Saturn. It didn't get an arcade release, I don't believe, um, but it had uh, Virtual Fighter characters and um, oh, fighting vipers. The other fighting vipers characters. Fighting thank you. Characters. In the arena type thing, um, but they also threw in the Daytona Hornet car. Uh, they had Bean and Bark from Sonic the Fighters. They had Janet from Virtual Cop who could whip out a gun, and that was the nerfed special in the game, pretty much. Um, mm-hmm. You could fight as a slab of meat, a la Rayman with floating hands and arms. Uh, I mean, hands and feet. And uh, even the AM2 Palm Tree was a character that you could play as. Oh, um, yeah. Was there a bad It's such a well? great... Yes. Yeah, he would yeah. hold a beat ball, or he had a panda mode. He did not actually have any moving animations. He would just, like... Yeah, he was just you like, know, float around at you. Um, yeah, <laughs> uh, the the I, I think I think recently this game was streamed um, by Buddy Bars, but I this might need to get this might be need. Oh, dude, why have we not done Fighters Mega Mix as a Thursday Night Throwdown yet? Why I don't have we know. Not done that yet? Is it <laughs> this Thursday? I'm yelling I, at I, myself because I haven't thought of this before. I can um, that. I, love I that think uh, well, this Thursday's Thanksgiving, so I don't think that'll happen, but. Uh, not over here. It's not. It's I could. I'll do a, a British one. Fantastic. There you go. For <laughs> Fighters Mega Mix Two, though, uh man, I don't know. At, at first, because it was mentioned earlier, I almost want to say like throw Bug in there, but I want somehow the most ridiculous. Like I want a Sonic Ring item box as a fighter or something just absurd. Like those are the characters I like yeah, in Smash yeah. Brothers, like Petey Piranha. Or the piranha plant, and like things that don't make sense, you know. Um, so, if anyone else has one, uh, go for it first. I'm going to look around for a second. Uh, I would talk about Kiryu. I'd go oh, yeah, yeah. Kiryu and uh, Majima. They yeah, they would yeah, yeah. Fit right fucking in. <laughs> I'd I'd like to see you Samba, like Samba de Amigo, in there. There you go. Okay. Yeah, I think Samba uh, de Amigo would be quite a good one. Um, what about okay. some? I'm gonna I'm gonna add to your uh, having Samba de Amigo in there. Have a code where he disappears and it's just maracas fighting someone. That would be quite funny. <laughs> or just one giant maraca. <laughs> Maybe yeah. What about having like Axel, Blaze, and Adam from the Streets oh, of Rage? Yeah. Actually, that would be cool. I'd love to see them. What about one of the or, crazy uh, taxi cars? Yep. Yeah. Yep. We can have. Say, a- an Echo Fighter, a taxi instead of the Hornet or something. You know? <laughs> Hell yeah. We can have um, fucking, what's his name? Uh, Ryu, or Ryo from Shenmue come in as a oh, joke. Oh, yeah. He'd oh, be the oh, joke character because he can't fight. <laughs> that would be good. Oh, yeah. So um, you'd have to, I'd, I'd want the, them to add um, how the Versus games and a lot of other games have a, char- a helper, an assist character. So mm-hmm. you could have, like, Ryu as an assist character just plows him over with his forklift. Exactly. Or, oh god, I want this to happen now. Or, like, Ryu comes in and you just watch him stare at a Gashupan, put, put, um, <laughs> put money in, and then turn it, and then just a waterfall of Gashupan yeah. falls on your opponent. <laughs> that would be Hell yeah. I want this oh, to no. happen. Oh, um, that'd be fucking um, stupid. I'd love to see some something crazy like Echo the Dolphin being a fighter in the game. Yeah, just, just <laughs> busting it out. How, how would that, that work? Work? Like, would Echo somehow have uh, like bipedal feet made for him? He'd just be hopping. I'm just imagining he'd be hopping around, just 
Like, do a backflip. Echo would just kick some backflips. Their flipper to, to smack, and like, you could do anti air yeah. by doing backwards flips. Or you could just get absolutely fucking uh, ridiculous and throw them in a mech. Echo the fighter <laughs> has had enough. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Quite funny. These are, this is all. This is all great. These are this all. Great. I, I really hope Sega is paying attention to this podcast. Yeah. I, oh, they're listening. Um, they're my, listening and, but they're falling away from things that they don't want because they don't like money. Right. Yeah. Um, I think my answer is, and I'm going to kind of steal this from Sonic and All Star Racing Transformed. Uh, a VMU as a fighter. Oh, that would be good. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, and like, or even go even crazier, and it's like two VMUs connected to stand up properly in a trench coat. <laughs> no, um, <laughs> that, would be, that, that would be amazing. Like if yeah, the character just walks I, on I, with like a hat and trench coat, just pulls it apart. It's just two VMUs. Come on, then. Yeah, like two mm-hmm. little kids in like a trench coat. For, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Oh, I can I can picture this. This is God damn. Uh, I want this game. Why can't any of us code? We need to learn to make games between us. I mean, we know how Kickstarter works. That's all we need to do. Oh, yeah. Exactly. Totally. And then we hire somebody afterwards. Yeah, mm-hmm. that, Kickstarter just makes the games for us, surely. Yeah, what's Deep Silver doing? Nothing, right? <laughs> exactly. <laughs> oh, That's great. Wow. Do you guys have any others? I, I, well, to be honest, I, I would love to see most Sega characters in there, but uh, no, I'm good. I'm going to stop there because, uh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, just the more ridiculous, the better. Yeah. Oh, um that you, you, is Oh yeah. I was just gonna say you need you just need a handful of serious character serious characters like Kiryu and you know um Akira from Virtual Fighter. But then yeah, mm-hmm. all the ridiculous characters to unlock that just made that's what made that, that fight to make it so much fun. But there we go. Yeah. Um I'm just starting to picture now different attacks and like special screens and and stuff of like Man, I can't. Okay, I got to stop while I'm ahead. So anyway, uh, that is going to do it for the listener questions. We got half of that. That's going to do it for the listener question. (laughs) Beautiful. Works. And that moves us on to our picks of the week, where we talk about something we've been playing, watching, doing, some sort of something in the entertainment world that we think you people at home might enjoy as well. These aren't necessarily the best things out there, but we are having fun with them. So we're going to talk about it and spread the love, as it were. So to crack us off, uh, Scotty, what is your pick of the week? I just saw it on there. Uh Uh-huh. I can't believe um, they made a documentary out of this. Uh-huh. Uh, so everybody remembers uh, and knows how much I love the movie Monster Squad, the Monster mm-hmm. Squad. Um, there is a documentary called Wolfman's Got Nards, a documentary. <laughs> um, and I'm not going to spend too much time on it, because if you've not seen the movie, you won't care. Uh, I mean, the movie there's a documentary on, but we watched it last night, and it's a lot of fun. There's a lot of passion in that in that fan base um it's a movie that gained a cult following decades after the fact um because people realize it's not goonies and it came out the same year as the lost boys uh but wolfman's got nards is <laughs> sorry actually made by um a good bit made by the star of the movie and i forget his name who played sean i could probably just look on the back here derp, 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 derp. oh maybe not it's really hard to read 
tiny things. Um, Shane Black? I don't know. Uh, Seth Green's in it. Adam Goldberg, creator of the Goldbergs, is in it. Uh, oh, no way. Yeah, yeah. Actually, it's it's funny that he's in it because he re- it, like there are so many episodes and they use clips of the show where he has characters in the Goldbergs say nards. <laughs> like it's a reference to this movie. Um, but no, Wolfman's Got Nards is fun. Uh, it's really cool. And it's it's unfortunate that it took this long for that movie to gain a type of following that it should have had from the outset. Um but it's cool. If you like the Monster Squad, I definitely recommend this documentary. You might have a little bit of a hard time finding it. Um, if I show you guys the Blu-ray, it is... Well, let me just show you the Blu-ray. Here's the front. There's the back. Ooh. It's a mirror. It's not blue. It's a black, it's a black it's, mirror. Yeah, it's not, it's not blue. Are all Blu-ray movies blue? Where's my Blu-ray? I've only got a few. This Blu-ray is movies. very much bootleg. <laughs> like, yeah, we might have to uh, we might have to contact somebody, but we enjoyed it. But it, if you were to look at this uh, case long enough, um, is that a black one this, that you're holding up there, Graham? It's just, it's just it looks silver. It's just silver in the UK. Okay. Blu-rays are apparently not blue. <laughs> this is yeah, the, the official no, release the, of The Martian. The back of this is definitely solid black instead of blue or silver, uh, and the artwork is definitely not centered on the on the, the disc. It looks okay, but when Rachel showed this to me, I'm like, I don't think this is legit, honey. <laughs> like, but it's still good. So if you can find it out there, uh, what's what's interesting and appropriately enough, um, the DVD of the DVD version of uh, Monster Squad kind of happened as a result of the fan base because it just wasn't out there. It didn't do well. Nobody cared, so you had to have the VHS and that was it. Um, it kind of got made because of the demand, uh, which is funny because it's very hard to find this documentary and odd, super odd that she found it and it sold out so quickly. So, if you can find it some way, shape, or form, Wolfman's Got Nards is a decent documentary on a fun movie. Okay. Um, I've got a movie which is kind of a black background to it. That's it's, still silver. Yeah, it's it's quite a dark. It's darker compared to my. Says ones. the colorblind okay. man. Says yes. Yeah. <laughs> don't don't yeah. listen to me. <laughs> None of my Blu-rays are blue. I didn't know that was actually really a thing. Uh, okay. <laughs> Whoops. All right, I took a picture of it and I'll send it to you guys in okay. the Discord. But we can move on. Yeah, yeah, Wait. cool, nice. No, Unless you guys have cool. any questions about it at all. Um, so it's basically just a documentary about how the movie was made. Is that correct? Or like, um, more about about the the fan base around it and also how it was made, but like the, it has all stars in it that made, um, the guy who did shape of water did the creature costume in this Oh, creature from the black lagoon, the gill man. And like other people who went on to do it and, um, predator and other things that like big movies, had a hand in this film and it shows with the um, I, I know you aren't a fan of it Chris but you gotta admit that the the um, the creature effects for all the monsters are really good in this movie though yes uh, so yeah so it's just really cool to see who was part of it and it if you watch the documentary and you're a fan of it 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 begs the question like yeah why didn't this do well but there are some parts I will not get into because it's kind of spoilers because Rachel's and my reactions to the marketing that they tried for this are just how the fuck do you think that would work? And I, oh. I can't explain it without um, getting into the film. Yeah. So I'll, I'll just leave it at that, but okay. it, it's fun. That sounds cool. 
Uh, I, yeah. Uh, as we discussed on other podcasts, I've never seen Monster Squad, even though I thought I had. And then we discussed what I thought it was, and it was not that movie. <laughs> so I still need to see that movie first. Uh, that might be a better picture of how the Blu-ray looks to you guys, I just said. Okay. It's wild. Yeah, that is really weird. Yeah, it doesn't... I don't know. I can't tell if it's the gist or not, because... I, I've never tried to burn DV, or, uh, Blu-ray, so I don't know what a blue a BDR looks like. I don't know. <laughs> Yeah, I didn't know that was a thing, to be honest. Uh, but yeah, Chris, you got any comments or questions? No. No, not okay. on that. Fair enough. We did well, a sideshow on the Monster Squad. Chris was on it for that, I believe. And, uh, he yes, has his, I yeah. was. Yep. If, you wanna, if you want my thoughts, go check that out. Okay. Mm-hmm. Maybe I will. So with that and uh, Anti-Chris, uh, what is your pick of the week? I am in love with Yakuza Like a Dragon. Uh, that game has like I was already excited for what Like a Dragon was going to be. Um, one, I'm a huge Yakuza fan. I love the series. I think that it is like one of Sega's finest games and IPs uh, out of their entire collection. It might be their best one. I know that that oh, wow. that's arguable for some people. I love everything that Yakuza is. There's some hit and misses. Like, some games are obviously way better than others, um, but y- the Yakuza series as a whole, with everything they bring, both serious and bullshit, are just absolutely fantastic. And Like a Dragon carries that over, crossing over into the RPG sphere, like, nigh perfectly. Like, it's so good. Um, th- th- I'll-, I'll get into, like, the baseline of, like, the story. You have this, the main character, Ichiban, he is not Kiryu. Kiryu was always like the the silent badass who like had a heart of gold, right? Ichiban is genuinely a nice person who just happens to be a yakuza, but he is terrible at everything that he does. But his one, <laughs> his one crowning, like his one crowning uh, character attribute is his undying loyalty in his boss. Like he absolutely loves the boss then they go into a little bit of his backstory how the two of them met uh pretty much he he was just some punk kid that tried to make it look like that he was yakuza and when rival families caught him and beat the shit out of him they were just like yo where's your family so that we can we can have a chat and discussion otherwise we're gonna kill you and he just throws out there our our of the tojo family has no idea who this motherfucker is and they they looked around and were like this guy's not showing up. This guy's not showing up. Well, the head, the head man, the the big guy of the of the family shows up and beats the fuck out of these dudes. And he was just like, you know what? I'll I'll take him. I will take him. And he like lets him off. He lets him live. And like Ichiban is like flabbergasted. He's just like, oh my god! Like you didn't have to do that. You could have just let me die. And he was just like. Yeah, I know. And from that point on, he was constantly trying to prove himself, trying to show his dedication to the uh, the head of the Arakawa family, eventually allowing him into the, fa- the Yakuza family. But he was absolutely terrible at his job. Like, there's one part where in the very beginning that you're trying to get money, you're trying to get like um, protection money from other people uh, so that you can pay or bring it back home to the family. Uh, there's this guy that's selling like fake animal porn to these kids, 
And in, <laughs> after beating the shit out of him, instead of like bringing it back to his superiors, he gives it back to the kids because that's the right thing to do. Ends up getting the shit kicked out of him for it. But it's in his mind, it's like, no, that's the right thing to do. So everything about Ichiban is like through undying loyalty and the power of friendship. But he's so incompetent that I don't know how he functions as a human being. And it carries over <laughs> after you start like getting into the story. Um, some interesting things that really um, highlight some social issues that Japan faces, namely with their homelessness crisis. Um they they talk about how like yo nobody wants to be um associated with the homeless because they're looked at as lazy or they looked at as like a blight on society and how these homeless people have to try to huddle together and rely on each other to survive and that the police will just show up and kick all of them out and then they're they're back at square one they're trying to find some source of stability uh, within a culture that wants nothing to do with them. Uh, the same thing goes for uh, prostitution in Japan, because a lot of the people who are prostitutes were not from Japan in the first place. They immigrated over here for the with the help of work, or with the promises of work, uh, ends up into the business, has kids, either leaves the country, dies, like just fucks off or somewhere, and these kids don't have proper paperwork because they're not true Japanese citizens. So what's the only way that they can get money is by working in the prostitution field. Uh, and they touch on that quite a bit. Uh, it's very, very interesting. But then you get into the stupid shit, like, the game has hobo Pokemon. It, it, there's an entire gag where it's just like, you meet the pseudo-Professor Oak, and he's just like, I want to track and log all 230 types of Sujimon, which is just essentially all the people that you fight, the Yakuza, the the hobos, the the um the business people, anybody that you fight gets logged into this Pokedex of sorts. You can listen to their cries. You can you can like find what location that they're found in, what their weaknesses are. It's so dumb. It's absolutely the Hobodex, that's what it is. Um <laughs> The way that you have your summons is based off of an escort service. So there's one part where your partner is trying to get lucky. He like finds an escort service, and they're just like, don't worry, we'll bring our services to you. And he's just like, oh, shit, let's go, boys. This big black dude shows up, and he's just like, hey, man, I'm your, I'm your date for tonight. And he's just like, whoa, what, what the fuck do you mean? And he's just like, nah, nah I'm, here, I'm here for this. And he's just like, let me show you what my services are. And the, the, your party member's like, no, please don't. These two, like, ruffians come out of nowhere, and, like, they make eye contact, and they just want to start a fight. And they're just like, yeah, just press this button on the, the escort service app. And then he shows up and just pummels the shit out of these two dudes and it's like anytime you need me you just got to pay a little bit money a little bit of money and then we'll show up and then business will be taken care of and then from <laughs> that point on anytime that you get a summon it's through that escort app um uh... and it's it's just it doesn't give a shit it doesn't <laughs> care it doesn't care how fucking wild uh some of the scenarios get Ichiban thinks of the world. The reason why that the game runs like an RPG is that Ichiban, like, I don't know how they got the license to be able to say that. I guess it's some sort of parody thing. 
But Ichiban says, like, no, I think of the world in doing quests like Dragon Quest. Like, mm-hmm. everything, the way that the world operates is as if I'm playing an RPG. So, like, in real time, it may be an actual brawl. But in Ichiban's mind, it runs like an RPG. And so he has all these stupid abilities and shit like that through traditional JRPG turn-based combat. Uh, it's by far the best game that I've played all year. Like, and I, and I played Final Fantasy VII Remake. I've played plenty of other games that came out this year. Um, this is the one that's making the biggest impact on me. It is that good. Nice. That's no, my I, spiel. Oh, I that's love it. I, lo- I love it. Because I, 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 I touched on this last week. I, I have played it. Um, I'm not as far into it as you are. I played it a little bit more this week, but didn't get much time into it. So, yeah, I'm a bit behind. But everything you said, yeah spot on i think you've you've kind of nailed it down on like the way the characters are and stuff and Mm -hmm. uh, i'm trying to avoid like actual character interaction because they're fantastic as well they're super fucking good um i'm just trying to get in like everything else that goes around the mini games in there it has virtual fighter 5 like they have have a whole ps3 arcade game in there virtual fighter 5 they got outrun they got virtual fighter 2 in there they They've got so much packed in there, along with their own mini games, along with their own kart racer. Like, oh, they have their own like kart racer in the game. It's so jam. Like, you don't even have to play the RPG or play the story. You could just bullshit with all these other different things. And I'm hoping that it's like Yakuza, where they also have like darts and they also have mahjong and chess. Like, they have shogi in the game. I learned how to play shogi one night on stream. It was amazing. It's 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 the fucking best, right? That's why I love these Yakuza games. Uh, Graham, the only thing I'm going to say, I'm going to I'm going to close it out with this. But uh, there's a summon that you get that's based off of Yakuza's in diapers. I want to know what your reaction to that is. Oh, okay. that's all I'm going to say. Hmm. Well, yeah, I okay, know about I... this from last Scrubverse episode, but I will not yep. say anything. Yep. Okay, I will. Let me know. Let me know what you think. I'll keep playing this week and see. I'll let you know. Um, okay, that, that's mm-hmm. uh, that's oh, that's awesome. I have a question. You said there's fake animal porn. What does that mean? Just issues of National Geographic? <laughs> no, no. So apparently, in the storyline, like they obviously don't show anything. But what yeah. ends up happening is that uh, Ichiban gets a call from either his best friend, sworn brother, or his uh, supervisor saying, "Like, hey." Uh, there is this guy on our turf selling pornography to these teenagers. However, the, t- the pornography turns out to be like bullshit animal porn. I need you to go deal with that and bring the money back here. Oh, instead and of that's... real people porn? Exactly. Like they were, okay. they were trying to get the rocks off and then they got fucking swindled. Gotcha. Yeah. Gotcha. Okay. okay. That yeah. makes sense. Yes, yeah, they did. They did. They just show the guy's got a load of VHS tapes in his backpack. Exactly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You don't see, you don't see anything gotcha. else but other than that. Uh, yeah, VHS has got to be porn. Yeah, <laughs> those were the um, days. Yeah, uh, just to, yeah. I don't know if you know, Scotty. You know, the, the game actually starts uh, quite a few years back. It starts. Is it? What? I actually forgot the year it starts. Is it two thousand two thousand one? Oh no, it starts in nineteen ninety nine, doesn't it? Is I want. I want to say it's like at the turn of the millennium because it was a, yeah, it was yeah. a big fucking deal. Yeah, it's nineteen ninety nine. I remember people were. Or was it two thousand? I think it was no, no. I think it was two thousand one because he goes away for, I believe, eighteen years, and the game setting is in uh, uh, two thousand nineteen. Okay, yeah, maybe that's it. Yeah, for some reason I thought it was nineteen ninety nine, but yeah, no, I think you're right. So yeah, late, late 
90s, very early 2000s, that's when it said. So VHS is still kind of a thing around that time. Um, mm. Yeah. So, I still yeah. bought VHS in 99, but... Oh, yeah. I don't know about uh, the one. Yeah, that... Yep. Yeah, that sounds good. Unfortunately, yeah. I'll probably never play it because I just can't get into those games. There's too much for me. Right. I get overwhelmed with stuff like they that. They are dense. They yeah. are very, very dense. But, you could say that you're getting your money's worth when you buy a Yakuza game. Oh, yeah, sure. Um, I, I don't know if I could say the same thing about like the first two games, like Yakuza 1 and 2. Uh, or the Kiwami games. I haven't played the Kiwami games. I played the original ones for PlayStation 2. Um, those were a little bit more streamlined, but mm, since yeah. then, they just were just like, yo, throw everything in there. But everything. I, I think, Scott, because I'm also the same as you. I, I steer away from a lot of RPGs these days, especially Japanese ones, which have a lot of stuff in them because I just don't have time for them. But with Yakuza, the way I've been playing, I didn't, I, I touched on like the arcades basically, but I didn't really go into many of the mini games for the bits I've played. Um, but for the storyline, you can actually try to stick to the storyline. It's actually it's so cinematic, it's so well done. They really yeah. engage you. You want to keep playing. Um, so I feel like it, it is. I feel like some people, even if you don't have a huge amount of time, you can just play. Just play the storyline. Don't get sidetracked. It's not like Grand Theft Auto. Was it four or whatever? Where you kept getting phone calls from your uncles, like go mm-hmm. play bowling or something. You know that bullshit, right. which was just really fucking annoying. Um, but uh, as I say, yeah. I'm not as far into it as Chris is. Um, I will say one thing. Last last week, I sort of mentioned how I'm not a big fan of turn-based RPGs in general. And I was, I was a bit hesitant about this one. It's grown on me. The art, the turn-based combat has actually grown on me. It, gets, it does get better. Mm. And, uh, you unlock more abilities and you get other party members and stuff. So it just makes it... And it's a bit and more it's dynamic. Like- it's, it's more dynamic. The actual what's happening on screen. Like, for example, you could be against like three three enemies... And you can like sort of select your attack, and then you sort of select the enemy you want to fight. Um, but if say if you choose one who's at the back, and there's like another enemy near you, as you run to fight that enemy, the enemy near you will like kick you or push you or punch you. Yeah. So they they effectively stop you from making your attack, like almost like in a real fight. Like if if you were standing near Chris and I went to went to hit you or something, Scotty, Chris Chris would be like, get away from my mate, and sort of you know get me instead. So I felt that oh, was okay. really cool. So so you have to sort of plan, be more strategic. Who you're fighting against, like, yeah, there could be a I mean, guy who's how, about to die, how, he's protected by two other people. That's how, um, uh, grid based, uh, oh shit, what the hell is the term? Tactics based RPGs, that's how they've always worked, but a lot of times they don't show you that happening. They just say, Chris hit Scott because he was close before Graham hit Chris, yeah, like an, you a, know. an attack of opportunity or some shit like that, yeah. Right. So it sounds like it just does a better job of presenting that. It, it sounds like you've fallen in love with the presentation more than anything. Yeah, that, that could be it. I mean, it's just it's just more fun to watch. I think in that sense, like it's right. It's and it may, may actually, I think because of that, it makes me think as well. Where I'm like, oh, I'm not going to hit that guy, even though if I kill, I can I can kill that guy in one hit. But this guy's way closer and probably going to get me instead. So mm-hmm. yeah, I don't know. It's a small thing, but I thought it was really cool. I would also say like you feel the hit, like you feel the weight of the punches and kicks and everything when they happen. Like when uh, Adachi hits somebody with his nightstick, like you feel the <laughs> weight coming down on him. Like, Oh God, that man is dead. He needs some milk. He <laughs> needs, he needs some help now. It's, it's super dude. It's super. Yeah. It's, it's cool. That's it. I'm, I'm off my soapbox. Okay. <laughs> Scotty, have you got cool. any questions at all? No. Mm-mm. Okay. 
Perfect. Uh, we'll, with that, we'll move along from the, the craziness to my pick of the week, which is a movie from last year, 2019, called Dark Waters. Um, have ev- have either of you heard of this movie at all? No. Yeah, I, I do okay. want to see it because I know it's Mark Ruffalo being Mark Ruffalo. <laughs> uh, sure. <laughs> That's, that well, he's he's that a big activist you. on environmental stuff yeah. and political things in real life, so... So yeah, for those who don't know the the story, it's based on a true story. Um, I vaguely remember this being in the news, but I don't didn't realize the impact of the whole thing around this. So, um, so some of you might know of it. It stars Mark Ruffalo, Anne Hathaway, Tim Robbins, and Bill Pullman. They're kind of the main big actors. There's a few other actors in there I recognize, but don't know their names. Uh, essentially, Mark Ruffalo is an attorney who uncovers a connection between a growing number of unexplained deaths in cattle and people. Um, to this chemical manufacturing corporation um, called DuPont. Um, after, and essentially after a town has become contaminated uh, due to unregulated chemicals being deposited within an area of the town. Um, so it starts off with unexplained animal deaths. Um, it's set in Parkers, part of it's set in Parkersburg, West Virginia. Um, and the cows are starting to get weird tumors and turning violent and dying basically. And at one point he's talking to this farmer and the, the farmer sort of says like, uh, I'm going to show you my, my field where my cows are. And it's basically just like mounds of buried cows everywhere. Like they're almost like little graves of cows. He's like, Jesus, how many did you lose? He goes 190. So this farmer lost 190 cows in like, um, within a few months, basically effectively. And, um, basically the people in town started to get sick and and as i was watching it, i was thinking i know i'm sure i've heard of dupont and then they started talking more about they're going more about it and, uh they started talking about teflon so that's the stuff that a lot of non-stick frying pans use um and essentially the chemicals used in teflon are actually super dangerous um and this is a case in real life that went on for over 20 years um, and that that sort of period of time is kind of covered in the in the movie. Like they they sort of they uh they he'll be investigating certain aspects, and he'll come across a roadblock, and then he'll sort of move on like five years, and then he'll like crack a bit in the case and stuff. And it's just mind blowing stuff, really. I found in my opinion. I can't really don't want to go too much into it. Um, you could you can look up on Wikipedia and stuff if you need to, but the movie's well worth watching. It's very fascinating, and um. It's just kind of scary. Like it's DuPont, if you don't know, is one of the biggest chemical manufacturing companies in the world, basically. And uh, it's like the power that they have to basically cover all this stuff up and uh, to fight against, um, you know, just small small town town people who are like literally dying because they're getting poisoned. They have no control over this stuff. It's getting into the water system and everything like that. It's getting into because. It's getting into the water system. Cows were also drinking that water. It's then getting into the people's meat and stuff like that. And um, there's a there's a chemical or like there's a component that's using a lot of packaging called PFOA, um, and that has now this is a scary fact that came out in the movie. Uh, as I think it's like of last year. It's that that chemical PFOA is now being detected in the blood of more than ninety eight percent of the population of America. So effectively it's in everybody. And, um, that, that has, it's been seen that, that this contamination has spread across ev- to every continent in the world. Um, it's absolutely, it's actually almost scary effectively about the stuff they're cool. talking about. So, I mean, not, I'm not saying everyone's going to get sick in, in America, just saying that 
there's a small small percentage of this chemical that's now because it's used in so much so many products and in non-stick frying pans it technically is kind of in everybody now it's really scary but it's a brilliant movie well worth watching um it's like it's like david versus goliath sort of typical movie and i love the way they portrayed the characters and stuff like um like Mark Ruffalo, he's he's quite high up in his company, but he's not like the main boss. And quite often in these movies and stuff, they'll portray the main boss just to be a dick who's always after money. This guy is dubious at the start, but when Mark Ruffalo starts to investigate more and more and comes up with evidence, the boss is actually genuinely like, we need to do something about this. This is fucking ridiculous. Because all the other partners in the company are like, uh, this seems a bit, you know... Rrr. We're going against one of the biggest companies in the world. We probably shouldn't do this. And he's just like, did anybody actually read this evidence? This is, we need to, we need to do something. Um, and I thought it was just really cool. And yeah, well worth a watch. Really fun. Uh, yeah. Have you guys got any questions about it at all? No, I need to, where did you watch it? So this was on, I think it's on Amazon Prime in the UK. I don't know if it's available oh, in okay. America on Amazon Prime. But that's that's where I watched it is on Amazon Prime. So hopefully a streaming service over there has it. I'll have to look it up. I do want to see it. I have wanted to for a while. I, you know, what's I don't know what this says about anything, but all the Marvel movies have taught me like what I get out of them now is I need to look up other stuff that these that these cast members have done because <laughs> uh, I, I don't want to uh, associate all of these people with like only the Marvel movies because there's they've done such better dramatic roles and mm. other things oh, yeah. that mm-hmm. I need to really um because I knew in my like psyche I knew about Mark Ruffalo and all these other characters and all these other actors before the Marvel films but I don't think I bothered to look too far uh into right. them uh so but yeah I do want to see it um du- or DuPont Parkersburg is a little over two and hour- two hours away from me uh and then to just give you an idea of how ridiculous the size of this country is compared to your yours graham uh taylor swift's christmas tree farm is over four hours away from me and in the same state as me oh oh yeah that's like a whole other country for me <laughs> yeah mm-hmm. that's crazy yeah yeah but this that's sounds cool enough. i'd like to see it cool yeah well worth it chris any, and any... that's oh one last comment i'll say that you know that's why everybody gets their own chickens i guess <laughs> yes yeah that's why uh, that's why chris has got his own chickens <laughs> exactly exactly yeah uh i'm not a movie guy so this is lost on me i am I fair apologize. enough it's interesting i'll i'll look it up like i'll look up the uh the entire fiasco or i was just yeah. reading about the actual um chemical itself yeah that's about that's, it fair enough that, that's cool um yeah, it's just it's just something to think of. I mean, I've got Teflon products in my house. I was like, oh Jesus! Like, oh yeah, we just, do. Just, I think about just that. to be clear. I think just using Teflon is fine in the frying pans, but if they ever start, if like you know the black stuff starts to come off them, that's the time to actually get rid of it because they were sort of saying that that is when you're showing it's actually kind of dangerous to use. Uh, hmm. But it's made me really think about stuff I'm using now. Like uh, as soon as we watch this movie, basically we got an old uh, dish tray thing there's non-stick and it's, it's starting to peel a little bit and Kate just literally threw it out. She's like, yeah, I am not, I'm not cooking with this thing basically. Like, yeah, kind of, I, I don't want to scare people with this movie. It, it's, Supersize uh, it's, me. You're having that effect. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It's, it's, it's one of those things that I was just genuinely like, Oh yeah, this is actually quite serious. This stuff that's happening. So I know it's a small chance that it could affect you, but some, I know we mainly use like stainless steel. 
and oh, okay. like, stuff like that. So we definitely yeah. have Teflon stuff. Yeah. Um, I guess um, we recycle though. Yeah. Yeah. So do we, <laughs> I guess that, that, that helps. <laughs> Every little bit helps. But yeah. I guess, but I, we don't have as much stainless steel now because I guess non-stick's just easier to cook with. It's like, yeah, I'm lazy. I don't probably have to clean this. So, yeah. But there we go. So yeah, uh, one to check out people. Don't want to, I'm not trying to scare anyone, but I found it fascinating for one thing. That's one of the main things I found it fascinating. Hopefully other people will. You also just find out some bits and pieces, but yeah. So there we go. So with that, uh, we will move on to uh, one of our main feature discussions. Okay, so now we're moving on to our first feature discussion, which we're calling Saturn Memories. Uh, as we said at the start of the show, it is November the 22nd, 2020, which means it's been 26 years to the day that the Sega Saturn launched in Japan. Wow, how time flies. Uh, so we're going to take some time to look at uh, some of our favorite Saturn Memories from over the years. So starting with, it's an obvious one to really go for, we're going to start with our favorite games. We have a Quick chat about our favourite games. Scotty, would you like to tell us about your favourite Saturn game? Saturn goddamn Bomberman. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Um, Saturn Bomberman. I was a Bomberman fan before this um, with uh, Mega Bomberman on the Genesis. And I think I'd played Game Boy, like handheld versions. I never played any of the Super Bomberman games of Super Nintendo. Um, but this one is insane it has a two-player co-op which is really cool um but the big thing on the back if you can see here uh audio listeners one to ten players uses Mm -hmm. the six-player adapter um which shit i didn't grab that but it's a square with six ports on it uh controller ports on it and so this game oh bomberman in case anyone's not doesn't know the gist of it it's a top-down view you are a terrorist no, um, it's a top-down view, but you're a little dude, little cute guy that runs around in what looks like could be scuba gear or something, weird little helmet, and you just plant bombs. So it's it could really be a two-button game, or not, or just a one-button game, honestly, but you plant the bomb, run away. It's on a grid-based thing, so your explosions go up, down, left, right. Um, but yeah, this game has up to 10-player multiplayer. It makes the screen, like, zooms out. It looks bad when you have up to 10 playing it but uh it's still fun it's more of a smaller uh manageable size when you have eight players uh all together but you can do like just yourself against seven ais you know you could you could split up teams have two versus two versus two versus two or three v three or five on five and whatever um but it's such a simple game but it has a long enough campaign that it's fun you can play it on your own a lot of bomberman games today don't even bother with like single player stuff i say that but they're not really uh, released that often anymore because uh, it used to be by Hudson Soft, now owned by Konami. Um, but yeah, it's just a really good default party game. Um, and this one was not put on anything else. And unfortunately, it's one of the more expensive. You know what's not on the Saturn library, but um, <laughs> it you it also had online play. I did actually play this online once, but it was unplayable. What um, online? You can. Yeah, the uh, oh. you can see up near the logo, it says Netlink Playable, I think. Um, yeah. I don't know if the UK uh, version had that. I've got one here. Oh, of Saturn Bomberman? I'm not sure. But yeah, no, it's just, Ooh. it's my favorite game because I can introduce it to anyone. It's very pick-up-and-play, uh, and I just really like what they did with it, adding certain weapons, um, 
and abilities with your little buddy dinos that you ride around on. Uh, the campaign's funny and goofy. It was the first Bomberman to have an animated uh, intro video, like an actual anime that was really neat. Uh, so, yeah, it's something I can play with everybody. It's the reason I own two of those multi-taps. And <laughs> when uh, Toys R Us was getting rid of their Saturn stuff, like controllers were like five bucks each, so you can bet your boots I, I swooped in and grabbed a bunch of controllers for Bomberman. Oh, yeah. It's so, yeah, yeah I... Bom- Sat- I'm not a massive Bomberman fan. I enjoy them to extent, but Saturn Bomberman is a game I genuinely loved back in the day. Uh, they- I thought the campaign mode was brilliant. Um, the other thing I liked about it was the with the death match. If if, if you know, I'm not the best at Bomberman, but oh yeah, better. if you die if you die during it, you then become like a little character who's like on this almost little cart thing around the side you can fire bombs into the arena right you have like a cannon yeah yeah like a little cannon thing basically that that goes around the whole of the outside of the the arena and you can like just fire bombs and that i just thought that was so much fun because then you're still part of the game you can like screw up other people you can try and yeah help out a friend if you want to or you accidentally kill them by mistake by trapping them in between two bombs or something Um, yeah i forgot about that yeah and you and when the timer goes down to like the last minute um, those all disappear. People that are dead but on the edge, they disappear, but then weights start to fall onto the level and they gradually cover the outside so that you have a small enough area or you can change it so that it eventually covers the entire screen. Um, so it's a sudden death mode. And there is an actually, I don't know if any other Bomberman, Bomberman, Johnny Bomberman um, <laughs> games have had this, but there's a separate adventure mode outside mm. of the campaign mode, which is kind of, it's basically a survival mode where he's in like his orange gi kind of looks like goku but he's just going through from floor to floor and you get through this survival type mode that's yeah, on single that player was, that was really cool um but th- yeah the campaign sort of story mode that is that am i right in thinking that was two player yep it, it you can yeah. play it single player but it does have co-op yeah cause i remember playing that with a friend we we really got into that like we were seriously enjoying it's fun. that uh, so we played that 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 for ages. I don't think we ever finished it though. We might have done once, but um, we played through that for it, hours, and then we just go to the deathmatch yeah. road, build some AI bots, and have a lot of fun. Basically, <laughs> so good. Yeah, yeah I I like, would no I, joke. Like in my middle school days, when I had no friends, uh, I would play this every morning before going to school. Like oh, I wow. would set up a series of two matches per level and just play through an hour before I had to go get the bus. Nice. Um, so. My. my the only one thing I wish they had in it was like maybe a couple more of the 10, 10 player uh, arenas. Yeah, there's because, only one. Because there's only one. Because from memory, all the arenas are actually based on like a. They've got their own like theme, haven't they? From, from memory. Yes. Yeah. Yeah, because there's a factory that has. You can kick bombs, you have remote bombs, you can toss them. You have the dinosaurs that have different abilities like running fast or kicking a bomb or, or whatever, detonating them through the soft blocks that you can mm. explode. Um, but there are different levels where like the factory has arrows on the floor. So if you kick an arrow up at it and it's pointing left or right, it'll just follow. It'll go in the direction. So you can really mess someone's day up. Um, there's other <laughs> levels where there's like trampolines you can jump on. Um, oh, yeah. There's a soccer, a soccer field where if you kick a bomb into the goal, it explodes across the entire length of the map. Oh, I didn't um, realize that. Really, yeah, I don't recall really many other Bomberman games doing stuff based yeah. on the arena until you kind of got to Bomberman 64 with some of the deathmatch-related stuff that they, like, if you were in a water level, the water rose on sudden okay. death and things like that. Yeah. Um, but yeah, no, Saturn Bomberman's so much fun. It, yeah. I actually 
have a couple medals winning tournaments in it as well. Ooh, um, nice. If you guys can see those medals hanging up on the bookshelf up there. Oh, yeah. Um, That's cool. In PAX East, I won a tournament and then ended up going to PAX Prime over in the West. Not because of it. We already had plans, me and my buddy Anthony, to go to PAX Prime over in Seattle, but that was where the second, like another round of the tournament was going on. So Brilliant. I did not get first, but I got third and it was still cool. Oh, so that's still like awesome. Bomber, man. Yeah. <laughs> I just think it's one of those games that is just genuinely, they, they took an old idea and just made it better for the generation. It was just, yeah. And I haven't really played the new ones that much, but from memory, they weren't as much fun. I just think that's, that's for me, that's the pinnacle of Bomberman so far. For me, too, because the new ones, there's so many different items in it that it's not even a rock, paper, scissors thing anymore uh, with getting the different items. It's just like if you get this certain thing, you're basically invincible. Right. Um, I thought there were too many there were too many variables as they progressed, yeah. I thought. Totally. So. Sorry, Chris, did you have any comments or <laughs> questions or anything about that? I mean, like, I like Bomberman. I, we played it during the t- 2018, 2019, uh, Dreamcast Marathon. As, like, yeah, we did the, the Dreamcast one. The cool, the cool down for it. I'm not very good. Uh, my favorite Bomberman is Bomberman Tournament for the GBA, so I am very okay. not multiplayer. Oh, centric. that's the one that has, like, Pokemon type aspects. Yeah. Yeah. yeah uh, it's dumb. I love it. You would. <laughs> <laughs> Have you played Saturn Bomberman at all? Yeah, that's what we're talking about. Okay. I got introduced th- to Saturn Bomberman through Scotty. Right. Oh. Okay. Oh. You're welcome. Okay. <laughs> yeah. So I thought you were saying you played the Dreamcast version and then you the GBA version. I didn't realize. Okay. That's no, 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 no. So I mean, like the Bomberman games. My first Bomberman game was actually Bomberman Hero. So I'm used to solo single player Bomberman style games. Then I went to like Bomberman 64, Bomberman the Second Attack. Bomberman tournament. I didn't know. Like, I knew that Bomberman was like a competitive multiplayer game, but I didn't really experience that until we played over Scotty's house. So, uh, okay, uh, okay, cool, brilliant. Yep, nice. Um, so, for my one, this should be no surprise to any long-term fans of, of the old Sega Nerds website or Mega Visions. Uh, mine is, and I don't have the full box with me here because it's actually at my parents' house. But I've got the first disc in front of me, which is. Panzer Dragoon Saga. Woo! Uh, to date, this is my favorite, not only my favorite RPG or my favorite Saturn game, it's my favorite game of all time. I absolutely love it. Uh, I did a retrospective of it in, was it issue eight of Mega Visions? Yes. I can't remember. Yeah. Sure. Um, I've sure. still got what, like what? six issues of that sitting on my yeah. desk right now. <laughs> Excellent. Uh, hopefully, you've read each one of them. So, yes. Uh, six I, times. I broke them all in. <laughs> brilliant <laughs> but yeah for those who don't know panzer dragoon saga it's uh it's, so it's based on the panzer dragoon series which panzer dragoon and panzer dragoon zvi are part of and uh oh there's one on the game game gear as well i can't remember what it's called now panzer dragoon mini, mini. i think that's called um yeah. but though those those games are uh they're like on rails shooting games basically so you're on the yeah. back of a dragon on rails uh, the dragon guides you around like a 3D environment. So you're firing, in, but you can fire in all directions. You can look behind yourself on the dragon to the sides, to the front. Uh, so imagine uh, Star Fox um, games, but being able to look all around you as you're doing it. And But then Panzer Dragoon Saga was a full-blown RPG. So you're not only long on rails, you can go on the back of your dragon, so you can fly around 3D environments, um, exploring things. Like you can sort of uh, 
you can basically almost it's almost like open a fine world. Yeah. Well, I'd say it's is it open world? Well it's you're in a three D you're in a three D open environment. So mm-hmm. but yeah, anyway. Um but yeah, can, like you can like in RPGs, you can sort of click on items and stuff to see, get more information about them. Uh, you can also go on foot or walk around, talk to people and stuff. But uh, the main combat in the game is all done on the back of a dragon. And it's it's not exactly turn-based as such, but it's almost time-based. So you, uh, the way, way it works is like you, over a course of time, you can build, you build up energy. And depending on how much energy you have, you can use different types of attacks. But if you wait too long to perform an attack, your enemy might get in there before you, so you have a chance of getting hit or really badly hurt. But it's not just that. You can move... For most enemies, you can move all around the enemies, like in the environment. So you can choose your point of attack. And some enemies have weak spots. Some enemies have um, areas where they won't attack you at all, so you can just rest there. And then some enemies will um, have like really dangerous points and stuff. And I'm not explaining it the best, to be honest. If you read our retrospective, it's really good. Like, that will explain it a bit better. But I just found that the combat is so unique and it was so much fun. Like I genuinely enjoyed the combat throughout the game. So, so many RPGs, especially Japanese RPGs, I get tired of combat throughout them. But this one I loved throughout from start to finish. I think the storyline is really good. Because at the start, it just feels like a standard um, quest of betrayal, like revenge almost. You, you at the very start of the game, a you, the world is controlled by this empire effectively, and it's almost like a, almost a semi post apocalyptic world um, that this old old technology from the ancients is sort of still being used, but no one really knows about the ancients. But there's monsters out there and stuff, and people are sort of struggling to survive. But you're controlled by this empire, and this person called Crayman bit forms this rebel rebel um sort of alliance off from from the empire and they essentially come to this burial site that's like mine that you're 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 working in they kill your boss they basically kill everybody there because in the mine is this um woman basically trapped in the mine like in stone she's like something from the ancient times effectively mm-hmm. um and you are killed as well. Like, well, you're shot and you fall off like this, this thing and you basically land, land at the bottom of this like pool of water in this like cavern. And this dragon finds you and basically you connect with the dragon and you, you're alive. So you're like, I'm going to go and like revenge, get, seek revenge for the people who died. Like, uh, my boss who was like, basically like a friend to me, like a dad to me. And also you, you've seen this woman and you're very interested. You want to see what, what the mystery is around her. But, so yeah, the, the story sounds like just like a standard revenge story, but there's so much more to it. As you progress, there's loads of twists and turns in it, and I just found it, at the time, I found it very cinematic. Um, I mean, these days, you're probably going to look at it and go, That's, the, the visuals of this are terrible, but I loved it. And I still will, I occasionally play it still today, and I think it's just such a great game. I can't, I can't speak enough about how unique this game is to me, and and it's also the only game that actually I, I shed a tear to. Like I got to the end of the game, and genuinely was like, I was there's something about something that happens at the end of the game which just genuinely like wow that was an emotional roller coaster for me. Um so yeah. There you go. <laughs> I don't know what else to say. Uh you forgot to mention how the dragon changes form in real time oh. if you change your abilities. Sure. Yeah. Um <laughs> there's a whole dragon morphing system as well right. um That's within the game. Interesting to me cuz I as not a very avid RPG player the presentation of it again is is very 
much what captivated me and how you can change. I, I won't, I'll let you explain how that works, but I thought that was cool. Oh, I've, I think you're doing a better job than I am, to be honest. I, I was stumbling over my words. Oh, well, you can, I, I think there's four types, like agility, basically speed, strength, magic, and defense or something. Yeah, defense, yeah. Um, and as you, and it's literally a slider in, in, in a circle where you move the slider around and you watch the dragon change form in that menu. And then you go back to the battle and that's what your dragon looks like now. And it changes its yeah. features. It's really cool to me. But, but it's not just that as well. So yeah, that, that was, that is one thing that's really cool. You can actually yeah, do that in real time effectively and be in the battle with your defenses higher. And maybe your attacks a bit lower or something like that. But the more you play in certain styles, certain types of your more defense or more attack, you unlock new abilities and the, mm-hmm. effectively your dragon will level up in different ways. So by the end of the game, I could play the game and Scotty could play the game. We could have almost completely different dragons by the end of the game. We could have different abilities and stuff. So it's really cool. You don't get different endings to the game, but you, you, the way you progress is just that little bit different. It made it very entertaining and just very fun. Like just trying to find if you can unlock all the types of variations of dragons um yeah yeah uh uh, i guess sort of to cut you off but at the same time to add to it the first time i played it and finished it like finished the game watch credits roll i go to the 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 progress screen essentially where shows what items you've collected and everything like that your progress in the game i had finished the game but it said uh like progress complete 66 percent. i was like whoa this is bigger than I thought, and I don't really understand RPGs, but I guess I got to collect more stuff. But it's a combination of things in the game. So just yeah. to give you people an idea of how big it really is. Yeah, there's, there's tons of little secrets to find and little uh, nuggets and stuff. Um, yeah. Uh, and the other thing I think at the time, it was, it was, it was incredible to me because while it wasn't a proper open world, it did actually have very large 3D areas that you got to explore. Uh, I mean, mm-hmm. this is limited by the Saturn's capabilities at the time, but you could you could fly like in full, like up and down, left and right, and just go around these environments, and it, it's just really cool. Um, especially the areas that had the water, or the or like the desert areas that had like uh, sand and stuff, and like you see these sort of like sandworms and stuff jumping out of the ground and things like that. It's just that was just really cool to watch at the time. Um, yeah, um, I, I could I could play this game all day to be honest. Uh, so I will shut up. There we go. <laughs> <laughs> I have this game. I haven't played it yet. Like I played very, very you little. Me play it. a decent chunk. I, I think I did see you play it. I do want to play it. I just need to get my Saturn, hook it up to the the rig, and I'm kind of just really waiting for the Polymega to fulfill that role because, yeah. you know, yeah, That's run, better. run better, run uh, better. I can download the games onto its hard drive. So like. Mm. I'm looking towards that. Yeah, I'm. I'm looking forward to that as well because I've, I've. The reason why my box is actually kept at my parents' house is because it's got the paper sort of slip, cardboard slip, and then you have got the actual mm-hmm. two DVD yeah. style boxes inside. But as, when I first used it, I used to take the game out and stuff, so my box started to wear out a little bit. And I was like, so now I've got it in um, like CD. Uh, I have a CD case, or I have it in like these uh, dual cases that I I keep it in. So. Yeah, um, so when the Polymega comes around, if I ever get one, hopefully I will, uh, I'll actually copy my games to the hard drive and then put these back in the box, hopefully forever, so they'll, they'll stay like nice and neat and tidy. <laughs> Plan. Yeah. 
Yeah. So there we go. Um, but yeah, Chris, I, I recommend highly if you, if you own it, you lucky son of a bitch. Cause uh, I know not everyone could get their hands on it. I'm so thankful that I managed to get it. Yeah. Um, yeah. We're, we're, what a couple of pieces of shit we are. Like it's one of the rarest games on the system. <laughs> all three of us own it. <laughs> oh dear. Is it the I, rarest I, game on there? It's one well, of the rarest. Maybe the, one of the more sought after. Um, it's, I, I think, I'd be I mean, interested because you're such a big RPG guy, Chris. I'd be interested to hear your opinions on it. Yeah. it does, a lot of things, I'm sure it copies, but a lot of things it does different. And some things I wonder why other games don't do it just from a presentation standpoint. Yeah. So. Um, and for anyone who's not hugely into RPGs, like, for example, some of the Final Fantasy games go on for like a thousand hours or something ridiculous. This game is, I think at the most, it's like 20 odd hours or so. Um, if you, oh, if you yeah. sort of play it from, I think you can, you can get that in like 16 hours if you just go through the story. So yeah, I feel it's, like it's, it's not, super long. yeah, it's not super long. And I felt like I didn't waste much. I, I think my first run through, I was just trying to look for everything. And I, I did spend about 70 hours on it, but I was just like going back to areas and stuff for no reason. Almost. I was just like, I'm going to go explore this area again and things like that. But, um, so, I yeah. will say to, to its, um, success that, it is it's something also with me and RPGs. I equate them to how I read books. Unless I'm captivated by in the first novel, I cannot sit down with a good book. Um, this game in the first area, you will know whether or not it is for you because it walks you through the battle system. And I, th- I if I remember correctly, the next area has some walking around bits, but like the main draw is of course the battle system and like Mm. it introduces it well enough. And by the time you're at the first boss, I don't remember if you use berserk attacks or not, but you have an idea of whether or not you'll be able to handle this battle system and understand it to the point of enjoying it within the first Mm. world, I would say. So it it does, it progresses quicker in that manner than most RPGs. Oh yeah, definitely. Yeah. Yeah. I think that was the other thing I liked about it. I was hooked almost instantly when I first played it. And I, I don't know if I've ever said this on the show before. I almost didn't own this game because I bought it and my original version did not work. Um, mm-hmm. So I, I bought it and basically played the cutscene, the opening cut, the opening footage. And then it gets to the point where it sort of says um, it's for you to enter your name and you'll enter my name and I press the button and the screen would like fade out white, like it should do. And it just stayed white. And it's like, we just left with like a it's a whooshing sound just frozen. And I was like, oh, and I kept trying it and stuff. And my friend was at my house. So I was like, what should we go? This game doesn't seem to be working. I was like, oh, okay. And then I took it back to the game store. They didn't have any more copies in stock, but they had Sonic R on the shelf. Back to Sonic R. Here oh, we go. wow. And I, so I was like, oh, I'll just get Sonic R instead. That seems like a fun game. Um, what an upgrade. Sonic R. Um, really enjoyed Sonic Arthur. It was great. And then, then a few months later, I think when the Saturn was basically stopped and they were sort of starting to get rid of games, um, they hadn't reduced the price of this game. I think it's, it's still 40 pounds, but it's like essentially they had it in stock. And I was like, Oh yeah, I almost bought this game. Cause I didn't know anything about it. That was a weird thing. I didn't even read anything about it. I just saw the back of the box. and thought that looks interesting. And I picked it up and it ended up being the best game I've ever played. So <laughs> I'm so thankful that I sort of, went for the got it yeah like oh my god yeah like thank thank you <laughs> wow man it's crazy yeah. son it is it is but there we go so that is uh oh no sorry anti-chris what is your favorite game i think we haven't even mentioned yours sorry so I, i've got a few gems on the saturn that i really really enjoy and i mean like obviously a lot of them are fighting games i'm going to try to 
contain that a bit because the game that is my favorite is a fighting game on the Saturn. Um, Like I love Princess Crown. Princess Crown is a Vanillaware game uh, or was the progenitor to all the Vanillaware games. We got like uh, Dragon's Crown and we got um, Mirror Mouse of the Demon Blade, Odin Sphere, uh, games in that vein, or and now um, Thirteen Sentinels: Aegis Rim, which is fantastic. Mm-hmm. Um, also, Shining Force Three. I'm a big Shining Force Ooh, fan. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I love um, what's what's uh, Dragon Force. I love Shining Wisdom. Those games mm-hmm. are just very, very good. And usually, anything that is published or localized by Working Designs usually proves to be uh, worth your time. But yeah. as far as fighting games are concerned, like the Saturn is a fighting game machine. Like in s- some cases, especially with the case of Street Fighter Zero Three, it's the best version that you can get, uh, even compared to the Dreamcast. And so, my favorite game is on the on the Saturn is Street Fighter Zero Three. Uh, unfortunately, awesome. I don't have a copy of that. I'm in the middle of getting one. I have Zero Two in my collection right now. Um, just between the characters, the way that the game looks. Uh, it's the closest thing to Third Strike without it being Third Strike. Um, and Third Strike is my favorite Street Fighter. Zero Three is my second favorite. Um, there's a lot of similarities that they have, um, but between like just the, the way that the game looks and the music that's in there, uh, the isms, the isms in the way that the the combat system works. Whether you can you can do like Street Fighter uh, Turbo Two style of gameplay, you can do Vism, which is kind of like a variant between the two, uh, and then you have Xism, which is more of a high risk, high rewards type of gameplay where you can't do air combos and you can't do certain certain supers. But it's it's all like a hyper aggressive gameplay. There's a lot of there's a lot of choice and a lot of customization that you have with um, Street Fighter Zero Three. Unfortunately, Zero um, Three in the states it's called Alpha Three, um, but Zero oh, Three. Okay. Yeah, okay. now you guys probably know what it is. Zero yeah. Three was not released in the United States. It was a uh, Japan exclusive for the Saturn. We got it on PlayStation. I'm, I think we might have also gotten it on Dreamcast. Yeah, but, it's on Dreamcast as well. But with the Saturn, with the game taking advantage of the four megabyte RAM cart, uh, it just runs 100 times better. It runs, it looks, it sounds 100 times better. So if you get the chance, especially if you have the cart that goes along with it, get Street Street Fighter Zero Three. It's going to run you a hundred and something dollars, but it's still still worth it, in my opinion. So so just just to clarify... Is Street, so Street Fighter Alpha 3 is the same as Street Fighter Zero 3? So the Alpha series in the US is the Zero series in Japan. Right, okay. Us right. dumb Americans couldn't figure out what Zero 3 meant. Ah, <laughs> <laughs> um, oh, okay. For, okay. For some reason I thought this was released in the UK on the Saturn, but yeah, I'm just looking it up and it wasn't either. That's really annoying. Gotta get that action replay, that 4 meg, that's essentially the expansion pack for the saturn to play certain games and import games mm. i have that i gotta i gotta get one of those that has a mod chip in there because i want to play scenario two and three of shining force and those are japan only as well so Mm. i don't know enough weeb to understand what's being said to me do do you have you ever used i shouldn't be saying this really i guess but let's talk about it um have you ever used like ssf or any saturn emulators at all no okay Um, because there is a mod for SFF um, that you could play, basically play 
those games, but with the English translation. Because I I own all the, all the Shining Force three scenarios. I didn't finish two and three, but I started playing them, but with the English text on, which is really handy. But I didn't. Talk I did to me was. offline about that. Okay. I, this was years ago. I probably can't even remember, but it's a thing, and I've definitely done it. So I, yeah. I know it's a thing. I've seen okay. it, so I, I'm I'm very interested in playing those. Okay, nice, cool, cool. Uh, brilliant. So all we're all over the board with our choices there. Oh yeah, that's that's quite interesting. It's not we're not all Panzer Dragoon Saga, which is disappointing, but also fascinating. Great to see. <laughs> So the next, the next sort of Saturn memory we're going to talk about is some of the either the weird or unique Saturn games that we've come across. Uh, so these don't have to necessarily have to be completely crazy, but they're just games that you we've only found on the Saturn. Uh, so Anti Chris, would you like to kick this one off? Yeah. So going back to the fighting game craze and how there's so many different fighting games that we completely missed out on on the Saturn here on the states. One of the more interesting ones that I know of is called Rabbit. Uh, Rabbit is a tr- traditional 2D fighter. Um, it was ma- it was published by a company I I'm actually not super familiar with. Uh, like I think it was like Archon or some shit like that. But it's essentially like jojo's bizarre adventure before jojo was a thing so you have you can play as nine playable characters but each character has a spirit beast so the main character is like this young um androgynous character i don't know if it's like male or female because the game's in japanese i don't i I can't read anything but their spirit beast is a rabbit and then there's other characters that has like a wolf a pig a hawk shit like that and they'll fight normally uh, like just regular ground fighting, and then when they want to get like pop off their special or use certain abilities, then they summon their hawk or their spirit beast animal um, to help them do certain moves and shit like that. And what's cool is that when you play arcade mode and you beat the enemy, you take their spirit beast, Ooh. and so we'll have like a single use uh, special that you can use of that spirit beast. Um. It's 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 a it's a fun it's a fascinating game. It's also gorgeous. In fact, let me see if I can send you. I'm um, looking at it. It looks very colorful. It's uh, Bloody Roar meets Darkstalkers. Kinda, kinda. It's you know. it's a fast paced game. Um, it's interesting. In fact, that one of the characters almost looks like Felicia. Yeah, yeah. So. Uh, that's what I recommend. Again, it's it's a, a rarity since it never came out in the United States. Now people want it all of a sudden. Um, definitely go check it out. It's it's pretty dope. I think Rabbit Sega Saturn got me more results than the real name <laughs> for what it's yeah. like. Just Google it. Yeah. yeah, I think because I think it's only known as Rabbit, isn't it? Normally. Well, it, most people know it as Rabbit. The full name is like Lou Mendo Rabbit. But I mean, like, no one's really going to know that unless, like, you're, you're reading Japanese. Right. Okay. Nice. Uh, so, Scotty, what is your weird or unique Saturn game choice? Mr. Bones. Mr. Bones is the the cover of it has a skeleton with blue eyes playing a guitar, everybody. Uh, This game (laughs) is two discs long because there's some music based stuff. It has a very good soundtrack. Um, 
but it changes gameplay style every freaking level. And Ooh. I suck at it. I don't enjoy this game, but it is damn <laughs> ambitious. Because uh, um, there's, you know, the first level you think like, oh, it's a platformer, cool, whatever. Then the next level or another level, you start with no arms or legs and you have to find the rest of your body parts by going through these different um, landings as you progress going upward. You don't even knew that, know that and stuff's flying at you. Then another level, you have to do a guitar solo and then a couple level levels later, you have to do a drum solo. And meanwhile, <laughs> there's that. different gameplay. They don't explain the controls for maybe they do. And I just miss it, but it is so insane. Um, it, it's, I, Assume the role of Mr. Bones, a dead blues musician resurrected from his grave who finds himself part of Dagolian's evil army of darkness. Battle this army of darkness before it succeeds in spreading evil throughout the world. Like a rock star would do. That's crazy. <laughs> Mr. Bones. Yeah, I, I've heard of Mr. Bones, but I've never played it before. But uh, yeah, it sounds insane. I love I love the idea of it. Yeah. Sounds great. Streamed it one year. Uh, Rachel fell in love with it. The chat was trying to tell me what to do. I'm just like, ah, this game sucks. <laughs> it doesn't suck, but it does a bad job of telling you what to do. So I, I definitely recommend it. One of the more unique things out there. And okay. it is a Sega, um, or who is this? D, I can't read the, maybe I'll look into it. My case is totally broken. That's the best thing about Sega cases, right? <laughs> they break um, so fucking easily. Yeah, yeah, oh, yeah. So yeah. Oh, oh, this makes sense. Producers Ed Anunziata. Oh, behind behind Ed. Echo and Calibri, <laughs> games that are notoriously hard. Uh, uh, especially Calibri, just yeah, literally no information on how to play that game. I, I played that, and I was just like flying around, going, I literally have no idea what I'm to be doing right now. <laughs> this is, but yeah, great, great looking game though. Wow. Yeah, I'm trying to find the other. Oh, it might be Sega Soft. Yeah, but it's a, it's a first party ish Sega game, you know. Also, I'll try and keep an eye on get my hands on it. That's if it was released in the UK. Often, you guys talk about games that were never actually released over here. Uh, I could. Uh, there's no way to find out. There is no way. Uh, oh, I've just typed Mr. Bones into Wikipedia and said Mr. Bones is a 2001 slapstick comedy film that's made in made and set in south africa that's not what we're talking about clearly oh yeah that's not the <laughs> whoa the japanese artwork for this is totally different it looks like a grateful dead album cover <laughs> um but let me see if it was released in the uk sir uh it was same day as australia Ooh, cool nice wait but it didn't get a japanese release i'm even more confused now Oh, maybe it's called. Was it called something else in Japan? I'm not sure. Mr. Bones. Oh, you have very different box art, though. Anyway. Anyway, sorry. Uh, nice. Good stuff. Um, uh, yeah, what's, oh, what's going on? Is it my turn? Yeah, probably. Yes. Yep. Ah, so, I'm sorry, I'm completely lost. I was just, I was just fascinated looking at uh, Mr. Bones. Sidetrack. So yeah, my pick is, I guess, not nearly as weird as your one, uh, but and it's it's probably one a lot of people do know about. It is Bug for the Saturn. So if you don't know about Bug, it is a platform game, and it's a I'm gonna I'm gonna do this in you know air quotations a 3D platform game, 
is I, I personally, I think a lot of people don't like this game, but I personally think it's actually very underrated. I'm not saying it's the best platform game ever or anything. I think it's a very solid platformer, but it's just very unique as well. So I do air quotations for 3D because it's not like Mario 64 or Spyro the Dragon. Or 2.5D. It's, 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 I don't think it's, it's technically not 2.5D either, though. That's the thing. Because... 2.5D often has, like, you're walking along, like, one plane and then stuff will be coming out, like, there'll be 3D objects or what have you. This is 3D in that you do go backwards into the into the distance. You can come forward and stuff. There are three there are 3D elements to it. So you're walking along, effectively, pathways on the levels. And there are multiple routes from some of the paths, but you can walk away from the camera. So you can walk into the, backdra- into the background. Yeah. Walking along in the backgrounds. So you can walk forward towards the camera. So it's it is effectively a 3D game. It's, there are 3D polygons in it. Um, it reminds yeah, me a little bit of a Klonoa. I oh yeah, Klonoa for sure. Yeah, uh, the the panda looking thing with weird ears. Yes, I, I've, I know what the box are. I can picture the box up. I've never played it, so I'm not sure. But good game. Yeah, it, but there is an X, Y, and Z axis in this game. If that helps anybody understand yes. it. Yeah. And then you have sloping paths as well and stuff. And you actually do have platforming elements where you have to jump across like, you know, bottomless pits and things like that. And there are moving. Sometimes you jump on a platform, which then moves into the background um, to go on another path. And there are, there are some, some of the levels, especially in bug two, you actually have more multiple path routes and stuff. Um, but yeah, I just found it fascinating. And like the whole, the basis behind it is very strange as well. Effectively, you are playing a, we are playing if, for the audience. This is you are playing as a character who is a bug, um, like a little green bug-looking dude. And attitude, the, yeah, a bug with attitude, like the new Sonic the Hedgehog. Um, mm-hmm. But essentially, you're actually like in a movie studio, and each level yeah. is meant to be like its own little mini movie, almost like Gex, so, almost. Yeah, I guess so. I've I've only played Gex once. I can't even remember it to be honest. Uh, Gex was more with like TV themes and TV right. shows, but the but Enter the Gecko is very much parodying movies, right? And so yeah. that's how they got away with different worlds. So Bug kind of takes that as well. Yeah, uh, this was before the Gex Enter the Gecko, movie. wasn't it? Uh, well, Bug was a launch game on the Saturn. I'm not sure when so Gex you, came out. I think I think Gex was a little bit after because the first Gex was on the Saturn as well. I think Gex Enter the Gecko was PlayStation only. I think at the time, right? And um, um, N64. Okay, so the first Gex was November 16th, 94. Uh, so, yeah, so Bug was out a little bit before that. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, I, I, found, I found the levels are quite different. Um, I like I like the way that, like, you can, like, when you jump on enemies, you can jump in, you can jump into the background and jump on them. So, yeah, it just feels oh. a lot... I'm sorry, I, com- I want to correct myself. I completely misquoted. Uh, May of 95 was when Bug was out. So Gex oh. was technically before Bug. Oh, okay. Wow. Okay, fair enough. There we sorry. Go. I, thought, I thought Bug was a launch title as well, but never mind. Well, I mean, that was when it came out. Maybe it was a launch title in the U.S. because May of 95 was when the U.S. launch of the Saturn was. Uh, okay. Oh. I was going to do another. We're Googling all over the place. Bug is a weird, cool thing, and I enjoy it. And it launched on the Saturn. And I think people thought, like, is this what Sonic the Hedgehog is for this console? And I feel like that's how Bug got into more people's homes than it would have otherwise. Yeah. And 
from memory, um, uh, essentially Bug was going to be like the mascot for the Saturn. I think that's one of the things that Sega was trying to look at introducing, like a new mascot for the era. And because uh, was, it was yeah. about a Sonic game at launch and stuff. Um, but yeah, it didn't. Sonic's really in it. Is he? Sonic is in Bug. Yeah, he's in a bonus level. You race him. I do not remember at all. I'll have to play this again. <laughs> wow. I, uh, I played that game through on my on my family's gateway computer. Oh, nice. So you had the <laughs> Windows version, did you? Yeah. You know, those gateway computers with the cow print boxes. Yep. <laughs> but yeah, so that that's my game. I think it's very unique. It's a very unique platform. It's very different to any other 2D or 3D platformers at the time. Uh, I'm not saying it's the best thing ever. Some of the, some of the gameplay is a little bit slow, so it's not for everybody, but I found it very entertaining. It's very unique. So it's that thing Word. I've really played since it's been anywhere close to that. So there I can dig it. it. Um, but now we're moving on to one last thing to do with our Saturn memories, which is our top Saturn memory. My top Saturn memory is I did not own a Sega Saturn. I had an N64 at the time because uh, ch- that's the route I went. I went with a Nintendo route. I apologize right now, everybody. But uh, that's that for some reason at the time I had a Mega Drive and then I saw Mario 64 and I thought, that looks awesome. I'm going to get an N64. And um, also couldn't really afford either an N64 or a Sega Saturn when they first launched. So I had to wait a little bit long, a bit of time. But my friend got a Sega Saturn. Um, and we were we're out for his birthday in London at the Sega World, which was in the Trocadero near Leicester Square. So we went to a, basically a Sega-filled day of fun, playing arcade games and stuff. That's where we got to play the G-Lock game, I think, um, and some other bits and pieces. And then inside the same building that um, Sega World was in, there's like some, I think there's a couple of restaurants and there was also a shop. Um, there's a Virgin Media shop, I think it was at the time. Um, so they sold like CDs and vinyls and movies and stuff. They also had a small game selection and they had the Sega Saturn there. And my friend went in there. He had been given, um, some money for his birthday. He's, he had 70 pounds. No, I think he had a hundred pounds for his birthday or something. And, um, he went in there, picked up a game, which I'd never heard of, never even seen before. Like didn't know anything about it in my existence. And it cost him 70 pounds. And I was like, Wow, that's expensive because the games back then were like 35, 40 pounds at the most. So I was like, this is an expensive game, dude. What are you buying? The games got like, cheaper on CD. <laughs> well, you thought so. Oh, but it was, it was a very special game. It came with its own controller. You guys may, may or may not oh, know what it could be. I know what it is. Oh, that's what he's doing oh at the same God. time. Well, you win. I'm holding up my box and it's like half the size of yours. I'm a piece well, of shit. It's that nice. looks way better so, than the US. So we have it's nights into dreams for the audio listeners. Uh so yeah, big fat controller with it. What's your back look like? Mine's just a picture of the controller on the back. Uh, so you've actually got a picture of the game on the back. That's crazy. Um uh, if this is that's uh, the thing. This, I notice you still have the price tag. I have my Babbage's electronics price tag that you can see was yeah, $69.99. That's yeah, definitely this, not gonna show up on the camera. Uh, I picked this up for fifty pounds. Yeah, was that 50 pounds? Yeah, 50 pounds from a random second-hand shop that I happened to walk into and was like, they've got Knights with a 3D controller. I'm having that. Because before this, I had the 3D controller and I had Knights. 
I did not have the box of Knights and the 3D controller together. So yeah, I've, I've got my 3D controller ever. as well. Ooh, yeah. Love this controller. But yeah, and my friend bought it. And I was like, dude, you've spent so much money on this game. That's insane. We went back to his house. We all stayed the night at his house. There's only a few of us. I think it was like five, four or five of us. Went back to his house. He, he put the game in. And I was just like, what is this magical thing you're showing me right now? I was like, <laughs> oh my God. Because I played on the Saturn. I thought the Saturn was fine. I thought the graphics were good for its time. I liked it. But I was never like, I need to play the, I need to buy this machine. We were playing nights. We played it all night long. We didn't even actually properly finish the game because we weren't very good at it. So we never got like, we never got to the, was it Wise Man? Like the main boss boss. We only got, ever got to Riella, who's like not even the proper boss at the end of the game. And I didn't realize until years later when I, when I owned the game and got vaguely decent at it and got to Wise Man, I was like, holy shit. Like there's a whole other boss and stuff. Um, and so yeah, we, but we played that all night long, just the group of us. And I was just in love with it. I thought the controller was amazing. Being able to walk around in 3D as the kids, we, that was the thing we were like messing around. We we're like trying to jump on the train. And I think it's frozen bell level. You can jump on the train and the train will actually ride around in 3D on some tracks and you often fall off because it gets too steep. But it was just so much fun. And I think I remember there was a car bit. There's like a, an area with a little car that drives around and you, I think, you oh yeah, it's get a hit by the car, and jump on the car or something. But yeah, um, like as you're a kid, you can like go go walk around the area and like find the car. But yeah, I just loved that game so much that so that was one of my favorite experiences from the Saturn. And I played it. I played the Saturn before, liked it, but this was the top point. I was like, this is awesome. This is so cool. Um, and then I bought a secondhand Saturn off some friends who were selling it for like thirty quid with Sega Rally. And I was like, boom, got it. Nice. Yeah, they were idiots. Uh, <laughs> uh, I mean, I, I mean, I like them, but yeah, they, they that was a bargain I thought at the time. So yeah, that is my my favorite Saturn memory, or fondest Saturn memory, I'd say. Nice. The Anti Chris, um, what I mean, next nice. up, buddy? <laughs> uh, it, this one's a little bit more recent. So I, I didn't grow up with a Saturn. Uh, I didn't get until like years later. I never really like. Um, delved into it until like the last couple of years i want to say like in 2014 but this year i recently learned that my wife is a god at virtual pinball uh she we she was going through my collection the other day and she was just like wait you have pinball i'm like yeah and she's like i want to play pinball because she grew up playing crew ball on the genesis which uh is a super like interesting it's 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 a fun game it's like I never really paid attention much to like video game pinball outside of like Sonic Spinball, and I hate that game. That game is ass. <laughs> it's not good. Um, no, but then like I later found out about like Devil Crush and shit like that. I'm just like, okay, there there could be good ones. Well, Last Gladiator is like a legit uh, virtual pinball. Like it's all it all looks like real pinball machines. I don't know if they're actually real. Um, but in Japan, they came out with two versions of it. I don't know what the differences are. I don't care. Um, but <laughs> Last Gladiator is a really, it's got four different, uh, themes. It, the one that we keep on going back to is called, like, I think it's like the War of Roses, where it's like all knights themed and it's black, okay. uh, or black and red background. Um, but she is just, ridiculously good like i thought i did okay getting like 300 million so i had the japanese I own this yeah i had the japanese oh, wow. version of that i have a problem 
Um, but the she takes it and she gets like over a billion points on it in the first fucking sitting. Oh. And she's like teaching me about how you play virtual pinball. I'm like, what the fuck is this? And so like every I want to say like once every couple of weeks, like once every two or three weeks, um, she'll come down and she's like, hey, set up the Saturn for me. I want to play pinball. And she'll just sit there the entire night, the entire oh, fucking good... night. It's amazing. So that's, uh, a, that's a good feeling when your significant other says or goes to turn on the system themselves without you being around. Yeah. And like t- I, Tiff plays video games like she grew up on like Halo and shit like that. So okay. there's games that she definitely likes to play. But it was so odd for her to go to a retro console that she never owned at all and be like, yo, put on that pinball shit and let me drop it. Like an even more retro style of game. Exactly. Because she's, yeah. she's very much like, why do you play this, the Super Nintendo? Why do you play the Genesis? These games look so old. I'm just like, nah, bitch, you don't understand. <laughs> don't understand. Oh, wow. So I'm going to learn you something. I feel like that's nah. a lost genre as well. Pinball games. I feel like I don't see them anymore unless I'm just they're, like, okay, they're not super common. Like I know that on Steam, like Graham, I know you don't have this, but on Steam, like they have some virtual pinball games and shit. <laughs> um <laughs> like Star Wars pinball. I mean there's they're on the Switch, they're there, but they're not really heavily marketed. Okay. So I, I remember back in the day that being a thing. Like Well it's probably just, uh an unfortunate result of um like there's no what were they called gotlio gotlieb uh it's just zen pinball out there now like stern is doing stuff but i mean pinball machines are like collectors are buying those more thing more oddly with an a interesting resurgence of pinball and arcade here and there but mainly pinball um coming back uh it's out there but yeah actual games i think there's kind of a monopoly now with video games released release okay with pinball collections and whatever yeah yeah it's weird but that yeah. that's my memory that's that's a good memory i think it, it just happened yeah so scotty what is your top saturn memory um mine goes back to saturn Bomberman. uh when i lived in a house with three other gamestop employees we had frequent enough parties or just like because most of our friends worked at GameStop uh, or our significant others were just always around, we would have parties. And um, there was a time when the Saturn was always just hooked up downstairs. And I was able to convince like everyone there, like whether you're a gamer or not, let's try this out. Let's play some Saturn Bomberman. So I had the two multi taps try to hold this. So it doesn't, um, I mean, we already saw it. I don't need to hold it again. I had two multi taps set up. 10 people playing Bomberman it was just so cool. And like, I was trying to explain to people how to play and they weren't listening and it didn't matter because you can still jump in and just go. Cause it's just the most basic thing of moving in a direction, sending a bomb, blowing them up. But we would do the 10 player thing and then we would do the eight player thing to make it a little more manageable. Um, but I'll never forget um, one of my older roommates, uh, like, Oh, in Saturn Bomberman, after you play a match, you can check out the stats and see who killed who, which is great because then that usually sets up vendettas for the next couple <laughs> of rounds. Um, and Or you can also see, but it'll have a flame signal instead if like one of the, I mentioned the dumbbells or the, the one-ton things that drop down on you if you get killed in the sudden death. But also, if you're looking at the stats, it'll show a picture. It'll show your character, who you killed. But so if I look and see that my own character 
shows for who killed me, that means I killed myself. So uh, with my own bomb, which is hilarious, but we'd be looking at those. And one of my friends, like it never failed that somehow he would end up killing himself. And he, I'll never forget the quote that he said. He's like, you can't kill me. I got dibs. Uh, (laughs) (laughs) But it was just so great to see so many people that, yeah, they're gamers, but honestly, more people that were not really gamers playing Saturn Bomberman and sitting down and playing my favorite Saturn game, probably my favorite game at that time, because this was still, this was like the 360 era, so not too, too long ago, but long enough that the Saturn was not relevant at all. Um, but to just have like a group of people sitting on couches and chairs and the floor and like all these, this just fucking Amazon of cables going from my Saturn console to each person to the point that we had to like label controllers. So everybody knew who they were and everything and going through the character select and like having mass, mass hysteria in my living room with Saturn Bomberman was so much fun. And that like is is the reason I have probably 15 fucking controllers between guns and sticks and game pads for my Saturn. But I have two multi-tabs, so I am... If that ever happens again, that we have enough people in the... Maybe the next Dreamcast marathon, that could be the post-game thing where we all sit down and play a massive game of Saturn Bomb. Uh, I would be all over that. I'd love that so much. One of, yeah. uh, That's definitely my favorite Saturn-related moment, though. Hell yeah. That is brilliant. I love, I love those sort of things that come out of this sort of stuff. And, wow. Yeah. Brilliant. Brilliant. Uh, yeah. Um, so yeah, let's. let's I mean, obviously, in, in summation, the Saturn is the best console of all time, is what we're oh, saying. Basically, yeah, <laughs> it's got the best game ever, Panzer Dragoon Saga. It's got the best Bomberman ever. It's got the second best Street Fighter. Um, yeah, yeah. Right. <laughs> it's uh, it's it's there. It's got some wacky games. It's it's yeah, it's got some great memories. So yeah, it's just a pity it didn't win the battle, as it were. And I guess that will wrap up this segment and the show. Um, Antichrist, have you got any uh, announcements or shout-outs you want to do at all before we, we end? Um, every Sunday night, we record live the Scrubverse podcast. Um, so Twitch, twitch.tv slash Scrubverse podcast. You can find us there. You can find me at Antichrist underscore SV on Twitch as well. I stre- I'm a variety streamer, so I stream pretty much everything. I do Sega stuff two, t- two nights a week. We're in the middle of hashtag save Sega uh, right now. Uh, let me see if I could actually pull my schedule up in the record time. Uh, we're playing Yakuza Like a Dragon every Wednesday. On Tuesday, we're going to be playing Elemental Gimmick Gear for the Dreamcast. Great. Uh, we're also doing a Sonic the Hedgehog tier list. Uh, I am going to start playing Sonic Lost World on Monday. So Mondays are going to be dedicated to the Sonic tier list. Tuesdays and Wednesdays. Tuesdays is really my save Sega day. Wednesday is my RPG day. We're doing Like a Dragon. And then on Fridays, that's usually reserved for fighting games. We do like Friday Night Fisticuffs. Uh, And it's usually like Guilty Gear, uh, Blaze Blue, Tekken, Street Fighter. Uh, Usually anything that's like Arxis related or Sega related. Those are the ones I'm mostly proficient at. So um, that's what I do. Thanks for having me on, guys. I appreciate it. Always welcome, buddy. Always welcome. And Scotty, have we got any site announcements or the like at all? Not really. Um, You know, just keep an eye on the site because we do have previews and reviews coming up. I Mm -hmm. mentioned Puyo Puyo is in the making. Um, We do have streams going on uh, at least uh, every Thursday. Um, I think TJ's going to get back in there soon since he's moving into his new place. 
but um yeah i mean just keep an eye on our twitter more than anything there is still time to donate to extra life um we did uh i mentioned before we kicked the shit out of our fifteen hundred dollar goal with the help of sonic shuffle which chris was on and very happy to play uh (laughs) i mean it changed my opinion on the game oh good i'm not sure if that's uh, which way that went, but um, uh, so if you do want to go, the tiny URL is um, tinyurl.com backslash M is in Mega, V is in Vision, E is an extra, L is in Life, so MVEL2020. Want to hop on there and donate a little bit more? You got till the end of the year, which would be really cool. Um, that's about it, though, for me. Lovely, yeah, yeah. Just uh, reiterate. Uh, yep, yeah, uh, Anti Chris's Bubble Bobble review is on our website right now. Scotty's preview of Puyo Puyo Tetris 2 is on the site now and my uh, review of Arcade Racing Legends for the Dreamcast should hope to go up this week so yeah, uh, stay tuned to all that stuff, uh, makervisionsmag.com but yeah, with that, we'll, we're, we're out of here, so thanks everyone for watching for listening, be excellent to each other Please. I'm surprised we didn't mention Sagatas Sanchiro, he'll punch us out of this episode <laughs> <laughs> oh. Honey, I gotta tell you about this sandwich.